raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Thank you, Derek, for that in studio yesterday. This is the first of back-to-back shows. This is a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. And honestly, I don't know if I have been here in a while. We are, um, do I officially call this Noblesville or Fishers? This is Noblesville right here, right? Noblesville, because sometimes people get mad if I say Noblesville on the other side. Of right here, Nobles Fishers. This is actually Fishersville. Fishers. Up right until about another block, and it turns into people. Noblesville, people so. get mad. So technically, we are in Fishers, but you know this to be true. The legendary venue known as Britain Tavern is where we are today. That's Brent Halverson, our betting analyst. We have our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool Tequila shots coming at you here. In- o'clock hour. You can watch us inside the lounge via YouTube Live right there. We are up and running. Now, it's interesting. If you're watching right now, you can see we've got some musical superstars, uh, one of which no longer with us, behind us right here. Uh, one, it kind of looks like Gene Simmons is going to be a part of the show here, right next to Brent Halverson. But honestly, great place. We're on the stage. We know all about the food. We know this to be a Thursday. And you know about Brent Halverson, my partner here, and his free samples that are going to be handed out so this should be absolutely fantastic over the course of the afternoon and i do i have good news for you i have good news because it was official last night thank you very much to the charlotte hornets because that was the slump buster that the pacers needed there's no question out of that the Pacers were slumping. In comes the Charlotte Hornets. Now, mind you, Charlotte had beaten the Pacers already once at home in the season. No LaMelo ball. And the Pacers, I, I'm not going to suggest to you they got back on track. I don't know if they got back on track. I think tonight is going to be a test in Memphis. The reason being second of a back-to-back. If you've seen it earlier today, you got question marks uh, in Miles Turner with that hammy soreness. Miles went for eight. Team. Buddy Heald got back on the shooting track, knocking down threes last night. But you go the second of a back-to-back. And even though Memphis has been pretty much awful this season, we saw the return of John Morant a couple of nights ago and what that meant. And I believe this is his home opener coming up later on tonight. That is going to be the largest of deals for them. It really is. And you know what? I mentioned this, and I know a lot of people have said, you know, you're really too hard on the Pacers. Why are you so hard on the Pacers? I have expectations. And these expectations that I talk about, they're not impossibly reachable here. I have expectations. I have expectations about what we should be seeing from this team. I have expectations that they help build in the process right here. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sorry, I just can't come on here. Even after a day when I was off yesterday, you know, after a loss or giving up 150 plus to the Clippers on Monday night and say, hey, you know what? Everything is going to be all right. No, I want them to take full advantage whenever you can because, hey, we've been down this path before. You thought... The whole world of greatness was in front of you. Remember at the early stages of the Oladipo era? Remember how that looked? This is my city. They're winning games. They're surprising. They're fun. And it took an injury. 
And really, in a lot of ways, even though they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, because you can't say that much about the Paul George era, but you never know what is going to happen in years to come. The same holds true, really, for the NFL. You don't know what's going to happen. That's why when you get an opportunity to take advantage of it in that moment, you take advantage of it. Same thing I can say regarding the Colts. Yeah, this is not going to be reminiscent of the quarterback play or the quarterback player that you're going to expect to see for the long-term future. But there is zero reason why you should not at that moment, which is right now, take full advantage of it. You don't need to apologize because the schedule's soft. Don't apologize because Atlanta's terrible. They're making a quarterback change. Coming off a loss, the second win of the season, Carolina last week. Don't need to apologize for the Raiders on the schedule or what quarterbacks are out or how they're living in the AFC because of what else is going foobar around them. Uh Uh-uh. What you do is you take advantage of the moment when you're in it because you are not guaranteed another moment like that. And for the life of me, you should understand that better than anybody else because we've gone through a lot of those moments in which you thought it was going to be something, and secondarily, it didn't turn out to be that way. So that's how I look at both the Pacers in the now and how I look at the Colts in the now. I put expectations on them both. I think that's part of the world that you live in. I, like, I know that, let's just say, for example, if the Colts make the postseason and they lose and everybody's going to go, oh, well, you know what? Nobody expected this. And um, what do they call it? House money. That's the cliche. It depends on how you lose it. It depends on how that goes. You can't say that right now. I want to see this group do as much as they can right now. And you know what? We'll worry about next year, next year. We'll worry about two years down the road of the evolution of Anthony Richardson two years down the road. But right now, you just want to see these guys make the most of this opportunity. These opportunities don't come around often, and for these chances to be sustainable, it can be even more difficult. So that's really how I connect both of these teams and my outlook. And I had a lot of people saying, oh, man, you're so hard on the Pacers all the time. Uh Uh-uh. They showed what they can do. They showed against good teams that you don't have to gag up 150 with no resistance. They've shown that. Do I think they're a great defensive team? No, not at all. Do I think they're going to get much better? No, I don't. Can they be better than they were Monday night? Absolutely. Yeah, three future Hall of Famers or not, I don't care. They they can, and you're going to have to. Can you make a myriad of excuses as to why they played that way, whether it's you know, lack of energy? Uh, I know I kind of sound like I'm doing a low-T commercial right here. Lack of energy, uh, enthusiasm, being tired, being on the road for two weeks, being in Vegas, you know, whatever. You're going to live in that moment, too, everybody. Long season, I understand. But you're going to live in the moment and take advantage of those when it's presented to you. Now, you may think that they're on a long-term clock, and hopefully so. Hopefully that means they're going to be good longer term. But that sure as hell doesn't mean that they can't win right now. And we'll see if they uh, busted the slump as of last night. My God, Charlotte's terrible. Really, when you look at it, there are a lot of avenues in which last night the Pacers 
The Pacers at least put a Band-Aid over some of the shortcomings. They, they got some people feeling good that weren't necessarily feeling good. They Buddy Heald knocking down threes. Buddy Heald getting up and dunking. Having some fun again. Sharing the ball and having fun again. Now, there were some turnovers that weren't great, but I mean, you know what I mean. Getting up and down the floor while also offering up some resistance. And I'm not trying to compare in the least Charlotte to the Clippers or any of that. But you play the games that are on your schedule. That one last night was on the schedule, and that one was a good one to take advantage of. And, man, there is so much to be said in sports and in life in general, right? When something good happens, puts you in a good mood, gets you more confident, play off of that confidence. And sports is the same with what we all do, I think. In our life. I mean, hell, what we have done in our life gets you more confidence built, and you can play off of that. We'll see if this Pacer team's able to do it. Coming up later on tonight in Memphis, of course, your coverage right here. I wasn't here yesterday to talk about IU. Um, early in IU against Moorhead State was an absolute mess. It was a mess until they got out of there with a one point win. And it's funny. I kind of view IU like this, too. They're not very good. They're not very good. And this is where I've described, like the Colts, well, they're not very good. So, you know what, if you don't bring it on a given evening, then anybody can beat you. I mean, even those remaining on your schedule. And a lot of that holds true with IU. I mean, if you go through the first half, you absolutely sleepwalk and you act like you don't care, then you get a guy from Moorhead State. Uh, Moorhead State, honestly, I get back to that first half. Moorhead State looked like that their players were better in the first half. And really through the second half. Now, IU reeled off, what, 17 unanswered, I think. At one point in the second half, they got the lead and then ended up surviving, but... There were major moments in that game where you kind of felt like, just by watching, that Moorhead State had better players. <laughs> and you should never, ever view it that way. So you get IU, North Alabama tonight. You get Purdue. I believe Purdue's around a 6 o'clock start. Purdue and Jacksonville coming at you as well as these teams prepare to get into the uh, Big Ten, the bulk of the Big Ten conference season. One team certainly going one way, and the other team strenuously trying to find exactly what they can do and how they can sustain and who's going to be there night in and night out. I mean, who can you actually count on regarding the Hoosiers? I'm not quite sure I can tell you who you can actually count on night in and night out. And those are... There are major differences between what you see in Purdue and IU, and you can start at the lowest level right there. You just don't know who you're going to be able to count on again, game in and game out, whereas the better team, consistently better team, does. A lot of these better teams do know what they can count on. We'll talk about that collegially if you want to coming up as well. Eddie Gill of the Pacers Television Network also does radio with Mark Boyle. Eddie's going to be down, I believe, will be down in Memphis. I'm guessing on this. Eddie's going to join us coming up 
at the bottom of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Jonathan Taylor was back today. We'll get all the insight he's going to have about how trying to get Jonathan Taylor back. He was testing out that surgically repaired thumb to see if he's going to be good to go coming up on Sunday. And uh, we'll talk about that with Mike Chappell. And I was in here when it was announced on Tuesday. But even more in-depth, I was on with Tony Katz a little bit earlier today, and he was saying, what have you heard that McKenzie and Brown did to get dealt with with the three-game suspension and you know all that the Colts are doing to them at the end of the regular season? And it is, it is tight-lipped. And I know what you're going to say. Well, you know what? Everybody normally gets it nationally first. Well, that's how you can tell it's tight-lipped, because nobody nationally has had it. I I have asked a variety of ways with a variety of people, and I get I have no idea, and that is not normally the case. And I know that you're looking in social media, you're looking on X or Facebook or whatever, however you view, and there are a variety of things. And again, I don't know at all if any of these are true. I don't know if any of these are untrue. The only thing that I know is, in terms of the past with gambling, you get NFL intervention here. You get the NFL saying, all right, these jackholes have done this, and now they're being dealt with. So you haven't heard anything in that capacity. So whether it was a fight between the two or something off the field to play or something that happened behind the scenes or whatever, I can just tell you this. I cannot remember a time when punishment has been handed down in this fashion. Now, granted, remember, we went through Frank Reich and Chuck Pagano eras, so who knows how that stuff was going to be dealt with. I don't know. I don't even know what it is right now to fair a guess, so I don't know what would be comparable. So I guess once we find out, and at some point I'm assuming we will find out, we can wonder why they have gone to this length on two different things. That is with the punishment, and that is making sure that whatever right now, this thing doesn't get out. Because normally it does. And I'm not even talking about here locally. I'm just talking about nationally, too. Normally national people have this, too. I haven't seen anything. The only thing I've seen is, is kind of fake stuff, like what we have with the zoo with the uh, lion and the lioness, the female lion and the male lion. Do you guys seen that? Where evidently somebody had put up that, hey, the lion and the lioness, they're on the loose. They escaped from the Indianapolis Zoo. Have you guys not seen that? I spend way, way too much time, evidently, on social media. And then we come to find out where the Indianapolis Zoo had to say, hey, you know what? Our animals are safe and sound. That is actually a uh, field camera, a trail camera that was taken somewhere in Africa. Somebody was doing as a joke or something like this. I, am I the only one that saw that? You guys didn't see it? The lion? Yeah. Is it a lioness? Am I right? Lioness? Sounds right. Yeah. Lioness. Yeah. So that was floating around out there. you talking about one of the, uh, the, well, the, uh, the peanut crew. Yeah. Not lioness, <laughs> but the lioness. It's funny. I know a lot of people, because I'm from Greene County, that have trail cameras. And they have caught some interesting things before. You'll see the occasional bobcat roaming around. And I know down where I am, uh, the mountain lions. There are a couple of mountain lions that have been 
have been seen on trail cameras. That's actually real down there, too, because I've got friends that have trail cameras that I think have been used in their camera shots with uh, mountain lions down there. But no, the lion and the lioness, or the female lion, I yeah. guess, in this case. Lioness. That is, um, that is untrue. So Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery, our betting analyst right here. Untrue story. Well, I'm still kind of trying to get over the uh, the mountain lions and the mountains of uh, Green yeah, County. Mountain, huh? the hills. <laughs> the hills. There, there are some big. My mom lives like in uh, kind of a valley. There's, there's like uh, we have we own 40 acres and all of it is like wooded and a ridge. And then there is a pasture of a hill that's right next to us. So we kind of live in the valley of that. Wow. Yeah. Great sledding back in the I day. I bet. I bet. Yeah. It's outstanding. Luckily, it didn't get burnt down, right? Good, yeah. <laughs> and the neighbor a month ago didn't burn the property down, so that was good. So I was down there yesterday. How are things going for you? Wonderful. Wonderful. Actually, on a little vacation here for the uh, remainder of 23, which is nice. So uh, we're, uh, we're all heading down to uh, Brown County. Nice. For, uh, the well, BC, Christmas the Brown County the, uh, Music uh, Center. Shout out to Christian. Shout out right to my man, Christian. Absolutely. What Look a great place. you got a show coming up you right said there. you're going to be down there for, right? I believe I'm going in February. I've never seen Steve Lukather and Toto before. Okay. Very and nice. I am going to go see, and evidently that is one of the more popular concerts that are coming in the area. Is that Toto show, I believe that's coming up in February, and it's not on a Saturday night, so I can actually go. Which that's is awesome. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I tell you what, what Christian and, and they have done down there, with right. who, the music, the acts are bringing in, uh, and there's really not a better place to, to hear and see a show. I mean, I think it's 2,000 seats, and the first yep. seat's 105 feet away, and again, sound is great, and the acts are bringing in is just phenomenal. So, Pretty excited about that. All right, so we got a week 16, 16. of the uh, NFL season to talk about. Begins later on tonight with the Saints and the Rams. Um, let's look over what we did last week because, once again, in this late season swoon I'm going through right now, I came in last. Now, most weeks here recently, I would take what I ended up putting on the board. But still, it was not as good as what you and our guest last week had. Well, you were uh, seven, seven, and one. Yeah. So you hit hit fifty percent there. Uh, I went nine, five, and one. And old Mike from Whiskey Business dropped a twelve, two, and one. That's on incredible, us. right really there. Is. Twelve, for, two, and one. He was eighty-six percent last week. So uh, to date, John brings us. Uh, I'm at fifty-two percent. You're yeah. at forty-seven percent. And uh, Mike, after one week, he's at eighty-six percent. Might have to get Mike doing some some, some guest pickings. I'm there, telling but. you what, right? That's impressive, right there. Twelve, two, and one. What 12, are we looking at besides this Thursday nighter, which you kind of look at as eh, whatever? How are we looking at going into week number sixteen, beginning tonight with New Orleans and the Rams? Well, again, I think you've got a couple teams there. You know that they're both coming off uh, a couple wins, and they're both still alive and fighting for that playoff shot. I think it should be a good game. I think it'll be a higher scoring game, actually. Um, than uh, what that total presents. But uh, I tell you, this week, John, uh, and to wrap it all up, um, on Christmas, is it Christmas night? Yeah, Christmas night when we get the, yep. I think it's going to be a Super Bowl preview, right? The Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I think that is truly going to be a, a glimpse ahead of what uh, what the Super Bowl might look like this year. The uh, Christmas Christmas Eve is going to be loaded. Obviously, Christmas Eve with, yeah, I got the Colts at 1 o'clock down in Atlanta. We got the Colts pregame huddle. But people ask me all the time, man, when do they start doing this? It kind of seems like that either on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or let's just say New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, there's always a game. It's just kind of the way that it is right now. It is. That used to be territory in which nobody 
would really put too much. But now everybody realizes, I mean, hell, let's put this on here because everybody's at home. Everybody's or at, at home. least everybody's yeah. staked out someplace watching it. Yep. So why not? And, you know, the NFL among them say, hey, it doesn't matter what we do. We can put these games anywhere. Oh, yeah. We're going to make all your asses pay to go there every Thursday now. We're going to make you work hard to get this right now. And they know that people are going to be digesting that product with whatever they do. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it used to be kind of uncharted yep. territories. There might be a game or two. But now it's it's full on. We got we got the full slate coming up uh, Christmas Eve, so that'll be uh, be an interesting uh, Sunday coming up. And then, like I say, roll right into Christmas Day and the uh, a big game with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers again. I'm really looking forward to that. But I was going through looking at these games earlier today, John, and these lines are pretty sharp. I mean, every one of them I'm looking at. I mean, there's some low lines, and I think they're going to come down to 24, yeah. 23 win, you know, and and close, close games. So I think we're going to see quite a few of that. And then you got a couple of the ones with the, you know, the Chiefs and the Raiders, which is a 10-point number. And you got Philly and the Giants at 12. And I think there's one other high one with the Bills. I think we're 11 and a half or so. But uh, there's, there's three games that are kind of stretched out. Everything else is pretty close. So we're going to have a we're gonna have a good slate to talk through. And, you know, you're thinking about Philly, too, with that big number against the Giants. And obviously, you look at the, the records and the two teams, and it makes sense. But Philly had been playing that great. And Philly certainly had been playing that great offensively they ended up replacing the defensive coordinator matt patricia took over last week and then we saw what happened on monday night with seattle on that final drive with drew Locke winning that game for them so it's not like the nick seriani's team's playing that great right now that's what worries you about those double digit lines a team like philly that okay they're gonna win you'll give them that but they're gonna cover that fan of a number right there and and that's got backdoor cover written all over it you know and it's it's what's you know philly is they've lost three in a row uh their schedule's been tough right but now it opens up for them so now if they're gonna come on and turn it on and and get back to that elite status they're gonna have these next three games to go after it schedule's pretty uh looks pretty good for them tell you the cowboys are in a little bit of a Going up against some uh, some tough scheduling right now, so that that'll be interesting to see how they bounce back after getting waxed in Buffalo too. Um, you know they're a uh, it's a pick 'em at Miami. I think that'll be a great game. I think that'll be another high scoring shootout. What is the Colts situation right now? Well, I think they started out around minus two, and now they're plus one. Yes, that is correct. What um, what are we looking? This is not all of what is going on or has been going on inside that locker room to hand out punishment and suspensions and to deal with that it's got to be something else happening what are we missing here from vegas that may be going down this can't be on jonathan taylor because we saw them work well last week with both tyler goodson and trey sermon so it's not jonathan taylor what is it with this well, team that has that number sway a little bit you here? Know, there's a lot to that john and I, anytime i see a big movement like that there is something there right there's something there that we don't know about that's that's kind of get behind the scenes but you just got to look at how banged up they are in the backfield, you know. And again, I think what the uh, what the backups did last week was phenomenal. Really, I mean, they looked great coming out there and Joan. But uh, you know, Zach Moss banged up. You got Jonathan Taylor question probably not going to play again. But uh, I think that's pretty much it in the betting betting public's eyes. Yeah. I think that's what they see. But that that Atlanta squad's not that good. I mean. They just, uh, what was it, 9-7? to seven? They, got, uh, they got beat in Carolina. Yeah, the second <laughs> win of the season for Carolina. The weather, the weather was it not was good. Sloppy. It and was sloppy. And then Atlanta made that change. They go to Taylor Heineke now, the quarterback, yep. starting over Desmond Ritter. But you kind of wonder what else may be going on there with a bit of a line sway that is surprising to many. I will tell you this. Earlier this week, I had suggested that that was the best in the second half, that this Colts offense, with this group right here, you know, that's minus Jonathan Taylor. That's minus for a lot of that game, Michael Pittman Jr. But that was the best that that group in the second half 
was going to play. That was as near perfect, I thought, offensively for that group as you could ask for. And it started up front with the offensive line, and it seems like the offensive line, everything's going okay. So I guess I would have to ask the Sharps in Vegas maybe what gives right now regarding that. Yeah, you know, that would be, I'd, I'd love to hear it. You know, that's one of, the, one of the dreams I'd love to do one day, John, is go sit in a room where these lines are being talked through, right? Like when they're putting these out there, that'd be fun to just see how that all comes together because you do have a lot. You've got people remember what happened in that last week. But again, when you see something like this happen, there's some inside something there because, I mean, I tell you, the Colts look great. I was at that game. That's the first Colts game I've been at in a while, John, and it was, uh, they looked good. I mean, they were just moving and grooving. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, again, these lines, they're, they're pretty sharp, and they're starting, to, they're starting to dial in. You know, we're talking week 16 now. This is almost yeah. wrapping up, which is pretty wild to think about. But, uh, you know, everybody's uh, kind of a, it's, it's a winner, winner be out for the playoffs, and that's kind of where, where teams are at right now. So we'll see. That is Brent Halverson, our betting analyst right there. And um, we got our picks coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. I mentioned Eddie Gill from the Pacers Television and Radio Networks coming up at about 4.30. Pacers back on the winning track. They get the second of the back-to-back. That's coming up tonight down in Memphis against the Grizzlies. And a busy weekend for the Pacers as well. We'll talk about that. And Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59. I, I want to know what these guys did. I will say this. I've always thought that you get guys, you know, Isaiah McKenzie and, and Tony Brown maybe have had a moment or two at best this season. So it is easier to deal with that when that is what you're dealing with. But I am curious, too, about what happens in which a team like the Colts, they go to that length to deal with that on their own. And then taking their nameplates off, they're done for the season, obviously. Done, done, and then some. That's what I want to know. But I don't want to let that cloud the vision that is coming up on Sunday to see if we can get another effort, and especially offensively along that line. And we talked about this earlier this week. We talked about this with Brad Spielberger of PFF. The best they have played all season long on both sides up front, offensive and defensive lines. And look what that did for you, in particular in the second half. And I know you all were proud because you, like many others around here, should hate the Steelers, and you hated in the last eight games what the Steelers had done to the Colts in that fashion. But for the Colts to bully the Steelers around in the second half and to do it up front on both sides, you would love to have some sort of effort like that moving forward. Quick break, we'll come back. Brent rejoins us. Cam's the onside engineer. Nathaniel is in today for James. I think James is going to be back for the Colts pregame huddle. James is not feeling well, so all the best to James. Nathaniel in for him. Wherever you are, a Merry Christmas to you. We should mention that we get a lot of sound in the background because we picked the perfect day to be here at Britain Tavern. We have evidently, Brent, an office party in front of us right here. It's a wonderful crew of 30-some people out there having yeah. some afternoon drinks. This is, get them in some uh, Heaven Hill products. This is the type here. of office I could dig working in right yeah, we here. We might have to do that. We'll have to get I somebody would up here and talk dig to us. working in that office right there here. Not bad. Samples are flowing, too. And by the way, Thank you to BK. That's Brian Kelly of the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel. 
He has 20-plus JMV Takeover t-shirts to give away while they last. The JMV Takeover, let me go, yeah, we'll get one of those out right here. The JMV Takeover restarts coming up a week from Sunday. But this is, if you can see it, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live right here. This is the JMV Takeover t-shirt. And while they last, they are right here. Thank you to Brian Kelly of the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel. What do you think about that bad boy right pretty, there? Pretty sharp. There's nothing wrong that. with that right that's there. That's fella right that there. That is nice with that face right there. I wanted to say that's nice with that facial, but that would make it sound incredibly different. Um, yeah. Kind that of is, a little David Bowie Yeah, look very David Bowie-esque yeah, right there. Yeah. Is it not? It's it really nice. Is. While they last here, thank you, Brian Kelly. From the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel for that. Quick break, we'll come back. If you want to dive in with us, you certainly can at 239-1070. The email address is JMV. 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you all for being a part of it, too. Thank you to Derek Schultz yesterday. Derek and Elijah for leading the way. Derek is always awesome on the show, and I appreciate that. And what Derek did yesterday on a Wednesday in studio. The stream, the app, and... HD Radio and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, welcome back. We're at Britain Tavern. We are in Fishers today, everybody. We would love to see you here. I mentioned 8 o'clock to start tonight. Pacers Grizzlies, the second of a back-to-back for the Pacers. Pacers a winner last night. They... They needed that. And no doubt that they needed that. 144-113. Now, you're going to say, hey, that was a tremendous defensive effort. And I don't want to take anything away from it, but it was tremendous that it was this Hornets team that they were playing last night. Tremendous defensive effort in the numbers, but you just don't know. Pacers did snap in the process of four-game losing streak. Buddy Heald had 25. He was snapping out of a slump of his own from three. Tyrese Halliburton had 19 points, 13 assists. I think Miles had 18 all in the first half of that game. And the Hornets have now lost, count them, six consecutive. But, hey, no apologizing. Don't apologize for it. Just kind of move on with it. Pacers-Grizzlies coming up later on tonight at 8 o'clock. Thursday night football features the Saints and the Rams. Our Week 16, Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. That is coming at you here at the top of the hour. Brent Halverson is going to rejoin us in a second, and we'll talk about that. But uh, our boss, David Wood, did remind me of this, and I know that Jake, that's Jake Query of Query and Company, puts this together, but it is coming up. My brother, thank you very much. The Jeff Brantley, thanks, D. That's awesome. Jeff Brantley bobblehead, the cowboy right here, (laughs) if you're watching. Via Inside the Lounge YouTube Live right there. The cowboy with the hat on and everything. Thank you, D. So Jake put this together. Going back to early November, the passing of Bob Knight. And tonight, 
It will air for the first time at 6 o'clock instead of instant replay. It's called Remembering Bob Knight. Jake put it together and narrated it. It is a bunch of interviews that we all did, not only us here on The Fan, but I think everybody uh, across the hall now on WIBC um, also did many of those interviews with the passing of Bob Knight. First run, again, is tonight at 6 o'clock for that. That's right after me. It is called Remembering Night. And if you know Jake just a little bit, uh, his history of IU basketball, certainly during the night era, is as about as deep as anybody's around here. So there is no doubt that that is going to be a fantastic listen. Again, later on tonight, Remembering Bob Knight, that's at 6 o'clock. That starts right after me, and then, of course, 7.30 this evening, you get Pacer pregame show with Mark Boyle and Pat Boyle and Memphis in the crosshairs tonight down in Memphis. No pun intended, by the way. Uh, John Morant's going to make his home debut for the Grizzlies later on tonight against the Pacers. This is one. This is what matters to me. I, listen, all the wins and the losses matter, but this is going to have more of a dent of effect. And I know Memphis hasn't been good this year. But getting Morant back and getting people excited about that product again, this is going to do more for me than certainly last night would. You just expected that last night. And the Pacers have some games coming up you would also like to see them do a little something with. JMV at 107.5thefan.com. JMV, you were talking a little bit earlier about IU and Moorhead State. I agree with you. I just don't know what to expect. And unfortunately, I expect more times than not a night like the other night. Most of that game, certainly, if not the entirety of the game, the first half that we saw IU play against Moorhead State. IU, don't get me wrong, has talent. IU, don't get me wrong, has a lot of vacancies in key positions that you just have to have, you just can't make up for. And I know everybody wants to make the excuse about the youth and the change and losing guys. And, you know, if anything else, that should give you more of a a deeply rooted uh, affection for what Trace Jackson Davis brought for you. Yeah, all the time. It was like a Miles thing. I had to fight the Trace Jackson Davis people calling him soft, and this guy's soft, and this guy stinks. When he went out basically every game and got you at least 25 and 14, and that's something you can count on. They have nothing like that that they can count on in the least. Plus, you also have some areas in which you need to improve upon, and you're going to try to do that over the course of the season. Now, we'll say, and and this is both good and bad, in terms of getting wins for IU in the Big Ten, you look at it, and there's not a great deal of overwhelming factors. Frankly, it's just not as good. However, that also works against you considering the type of pre-conference season they've had, and they have put no good wins under their belt. You're going to have to hope you do your work, and I mean string stuff together in the Big Ten, and with a lot of folks out there, I just don't know how much hope that they have that this takes place. Yeah, it's funny. When I was talking to Tony Katz a little bit earlier today on his show on IBC, he had asked me about, all right, IU and Purdue, you know, the subtle differences, and, you know, that part's easy. But it's funny. The, the IU folks 
will say, hey, um, it's okay as long as you survive right now. We'll see what happens in the Big Ten. And Purdue fans should be living on cloud nine. They have the best resume going right now in college basketball with their big win so far. You get Jacksonville tonight. You're going to get set to enter the big portion of the conference season. And most Boilermaker fans don't care. Most Boilermaker fans say, you know what? This is all great. Congratulations. But this is what they should be doing. Wake me up at the end of March. And that's just the conditioning of both. With the IU side, you've been conditioned to be disappointed earlier. With the Boilermaker side, you've been conditioned to be disappointed once the NCAA tournament starts. Yeah, both sides have their demons you got to deal with a little bit here. And the only way you can do that is, again, for IU to string some wins together and for Purdue to go through and do what you expect. Sometimes that's the toughest situation to be in when you're expected to do that. I mention this all the time. I mentioned this about this cold season. This cold season is one, and we've been through this before, when it is a surprise and you win most of the time. Most of the time it's more exciting as to when you're the favorite and you win. Because it's all ho-hum. It's like what you get in terms of the coach of the year. The coach of the year rarely goes with the guy that's been there and done that. For example, it won't go to John Harbaugh this year, right? It'll probably go to a Shane Steichen. It'll probably go to a Kevin Stefanski. It'll go to somebody that hadn't been there and done that. It's not going to go to somebody that's had success and been in the NFL forever. There were a number of years when Tom Brady was still in Foxborough that Bill Belichick obviously could have won it every year, and others did. There's just always that familiarity with a surprise and, and being happy and excited about a surprise season when you didn't expect it. That's why I tell you as Colts fans, man, you do have to embrace this, and that's why you do want those standards built. It's not okay. Well, it's all right because they have all this in front of them. You don't know what they have in front of them. So when you live in that moment, you want them to thrive in that moment. That's what we're talking about right there. And that's, to me, how you view this cold season. And that's how I also view the Pacers. And I turned the corner. I turned the corner when they went to Vegas and did that work. When they beat Boston and Milwaukee back-to-back, I said, you know what? Now it's okay to put some expectations on these guys. Nothing wrong with that. And then they went out. You know, and after that Laker game, they disappointed. Now, obviously, they beat Detroit. But after that, and really the worst of them all was that loss in Washington. And they had disappointed. You want to see if they can get back on track coming up in Memphis. But it is okay in a season where you don't go in thinking of greatness. When you get some winning put together, it's okay to put on expectations. You add on expectations. That's what I've done with both this season. And then again, we'll see what happens in games, you know, whether or not they're just overwhelmed. For example, the Colts, if you're overwhelmed by a better team, then that's how we'll say it. But if you play down to a team in Atlanta coming up on Sunday, there's going to be a lot of criticism for that. I mean, that is a team that you should be able to go down there and handle. 
the Raiders, a team here, you should be able to handle. And then we'll see what happens and whether you have C.J. Stroud or not with Houston. But if you put yourself in that situation where you're winning and you're in, let's just say, for example, you win and you're in in that final game of the season against Houston at home. If you lose, then there's going to be a heavy load of criticism. And there should be. You got to have expectations. And it doesn't matter when it happens. This is not one of these seasons to where, again, hey, this is playing with house money because you don't know where this house is going to be next year or in two years. You hope, and I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right, and then the future is set in stone, and the future has Anthony Richardson, and you love it, and they play up to all those expectations. But my friends, as I mentioned in the first segment, we have been down that path before. So, win when you can. And for both of these teams, that should be right now. We'll come back with your thoughts on the other side. Britt Halverson rejoins from Heaven Hill Distillery. We're live here at Britton Tavern. 130, uh, 40, what is this, 146 and 37? Just shy of, yes. Just shy of 146 and 37. Technical address, 14, uh, 14005 Monday Road in Fishers. Monday Road. So if I just say, if you're going north on 37, you will see us to your right. Correct. And as soon as you pass us, you take that first exit, get off, and pull in the parking lot. That's, That's right. That's what I would say. That's now, spot. if you're going south, I don't know, what the, do you go down to 131, or do you, do you hang a left a little bit further? It's actually further 141st is, is what it? it would be. Yeah. So, yeah, you just turn left there, and then Monday Road. i got to make sure. It. I'm acting as if none of you have Google Map. <laughs> <laughs> none of you none of you have any way in your smartphone to find exactly where we are. I'm treating it like you're stopping at the gas station and asking me for a map and advice. Well, this is pretty far north for you, John. This is a little bit uh, northern of the homestead. I, I, I will be honest with you. I'm very good normally with directions, but this 37 thing has turned me around before. <laughs> I don't know why it has turned me around. I think it's because 69 all of a sudden goes like northeast, yep. and then 37 continues to go north. Correct. Like, it's much easier. Like I had no problem in southern Indiana with 37 because, you know, west, north, east, south. But here, it's, wait a minute, now you're going over here. And you got so much yeah. growth that's happened, too. I mean, it's just it's amazing yeah. what's happening up here. So great spot to be at. Come on up, and uh, let's get some samples for some people. Samples flowing, and we're here for our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Lunas. We'll take the shots for week number 16. Cam's the on-site engineer. That's Brent Halverson. Our pick's coming up at 4 o'clock. Eddie Gill's going to drop in at 4.30 today. we got Mike Chappell. Maybe some of those questions answered by the time he rolls around to the 5 o'clock hour regarding what both Isaiah McKenzie and Tony Brown did to get suspended. The rumors are out there. I mean, I dropped some in there. I just told you that, hey, uh, probably not true, but there are rumors floating around out there. And then, you know, why have we seen a change? Maybe a subtle change, but a change, if you will, with that of the line regarding the game on Sunday, that matchup in Atlanta with the Colts and the Falcons. We'll go over that top of the hour. Mike Chappell, 5 o'clock hour. Show tomorrow, Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. We'll have Raiders Colts tickets to give away for that one. That's tomorrow, 82nd and I-69 on a Bud Light Blue Friday at Twin Peaks. Brent Halverson rejoins. We've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, top of the hour. And Eddie Gill coming up in a little under 45 minutes. 93.5107. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, welcome back. That is Nathaniel back there. You can leave the music up. Nathaniel, thank you very much. Nathaniel's not done that, I don't think, with this show before. Maybe you have. I don't remember. It's but been a while. me, and I will lead you to the promised land. Britain Tavern is our location today. Larceny, bourbon locks, Luna's dual tequila shots. Week number 16. Brent Halverson, betting analyst, is here. Travis, the owner, is in the house. GM. General manager, which owns everything else right there. Travis. Oh, we need to get Cam to get uh, oh, yeah. mics hey, up we, we, we Cam, Cam just stepped out for a minute. He did go. Sorry about that, Travis. What the hell's going on? Want me to go over here and do this, too? I don't know what, what's what over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid if I hit a button, I'll end up screwing this all over. Hey, Cam, come over here so we can get Travis's mic on here. <laughs> hey, he before is. we get yes. started, by the way, too, we got to find out who this office party is and... Uh, Get some samples sent their way. Yeah, right we do. We got this uh, is a really good three o'clock office party right we've here. We've got some Evan Williams fire shots going to come out for the uh, crew that's all around here. So everybody's going to be you, getting getting Oh, oh, we, in oh there. we are. Absolutely. Yes. The yeah, oh the fire. Absolutely. Travis, you're on mic right now, buddy. The general manager, and I mentioned owner because oftentimes the general manager treats an establishment like it's his own ownership or her own in this case. Yep. So that's you're kind of an owner here. Pseudo owner, right? Hopefully you <laughs> <laughs> put you in a bad spot right there, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. What do you got coming up this weekend? Tell us all about this stage where we are right now. What's gonna be happening here? Uh, we have bands every Friday and Saturday. We've got a couple good ones coming up. We got jam box this weekend and then Billy. Jam box is good stuff yeah. right there, brother. On Let me Friday. Tell you. Yeah. And uh, Billy and the Tall Boys are on Saturday. Uh, big uh, New Year's Eve party coming up with the Bishops, Andrew Young, and Big 80s. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, the Big 80s, yeah. huh? Three bands next week and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I bet I could That's get awesome. up there and do some of the Big 80s they're doing. They do soft sales, Tainted Love, probably. I could get up there and do a little Tainted Love for them because this is the Jambi Takeover right here. You can get these shirts courtesy of the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel right here. 20-plus to give to you here, and we'll bring them along coming up tomorrow as well. So you guys do bands Thursday, Friday, and Saturday normally? Uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. And gotcha. then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have different events. We have trivia. Yep. On Tuesday, trivia on Wednesday, and then a pub pool on Thursday, 25-cent pool on Monday. Love it. Pretty much any day of the week. How long day. has Britain been here? Um, I think we're in, let's see, 12, I think about 15 years. Fantastic. Yeah. I remember when it first opened, early stages, I was at a different station, and I was coming here at the time, too. But it has always been a fantastic yeah, place. Chris Burton and Paul Merzen exactly. opened it back yeah. in there. 15 yeah. years, is that right? Yeah, yeah that, that is about 15 years. Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah. That is about 15 years ago right there. All right, uh, you got anything in mind as far as picks? Anything stand out to you before we get started here? Uh, nothing really stands out. Um, just glancing at it right now. Um, but I'm ready when you are. You All got, right. You guys what? have plenty of TVs up here, so a great place to come watch football on Sundays too, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got – uh, Total of 30 TVs, six projectors. That's awesome, man. Yep. Great layout. Awesome layout. 
What's your, uh, with Christmas holiday falling where it does, you guys going to be open Sunday, Christmas Eve? There's a big slate coming up here of games? Yeah, uh, we're going to be open on Sunday, Christmas Eve till probably 8 o'clock or so, okay. and then close on Monday, and then just till 3 a.m. every other day of the week. Back in action on Tuesday. All right. Absolutely. Well, good. Awesome. Great food and beverage here, especially the beverage beneath the Heaven Hill Distillery umbrella. All right, Nathaniel, are you ready? Cue the band. Our Week 16 Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Are we ready, Nathaniel? Ah! There's the band. There's the band. All right, let's start later on tonight. Saints and Rams. This is Al Michaels' game tonight, right, Kim? Yeah, Al Michaels. Al Michaels hadn't had a great season, right? I mean, he hadn't had any games. He hadn't been overly excited about Not been very excited about Taylor Swift and... Uh, not going to be a part of anything coming up in the postseason. But he does get the Saints and the Rams later on tonight. Last check, the Rams are, what is that number right there? Brent? Three and a half. Three and a half point favorites. Lay the three and give me the Rams. I think over the Saints offense all in all. That's why I'm going to take this one coming up later on tonight, Brent. What do you got? Yeah, you got two seven and seven teams, uh, both coming off a win. Saints have they got car back. They've been doing some stuff to kind of build up. I think this will be a pretty active game. I think this number's right at it. I mean, I got the, I got the Rams 27-23. That covers that three and a half, John, so that's what I'm going with. Give me the Rams. Lay the three and a half. Always by the hook, though. What do you got, three. Travis? Um, I'll take the Rams also. All right, Bengals and the Steelers. So you get Mason Rudolph, who is going to be the quarterback of the Steelers. We saw the Mitchell Trubisky effect last Saturday. Wasn't good at Lucas Oil Stadium. Meantime, the Bengals, the Bengals have been playing better, survived over the Vikings in that first of three last Saturday afternoon in Cincinnati. Jamar Chase not playing, though. That takes a lot of the threat away. However, two-point favorites, lay the two. Give me the Bengals even on the road in Pittsburgh, Brent. And this is one of those games, John, you've got uh, the, the, the Steelers are falling to, to Mason Rudolph, number three in the depth charts, right? So they're, gonna, they're, they're looking for something there. Um, I like the way Browning's been playing, and I think T. Higgins is stepping up. Yes. You know, with Chase it's being out. It's a great play to tie that thing up last week. What oh, a great play God, at the end a, of regulation. The reach across yeah, to score that touchdown. Great. I mean, he's, he's, he is the number one receiver. Free agent, by the way, That's coming right. up in this offseason. We're going to see him doing some big stuff next year. I think Bengals will hold this one out. Again, I think these numbers are really close. I think I got the Bengals winning 20-17. to 17. That means they cover two. Cincinnati Bengals. Travis, what do you got over there? Uh, I'm going to go against both of you. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Man, the, right. Steelers the Bills are thriving right now. Here's what worries me, though. That is a big number across country. They go where nobody, and I mean, nobody's going to care about the Chargers at SoFi. That place will probably have a lot more Bills fans than it will Chargers fans. This is scary territory for me. Bills are 11.5 point favorites. I'm going to lay that 11.5 and take it, and please hope that the Chargers don't do anything wacky at the end and all of a sudden end up hitting that uh, cover. But... Uh, Backdoor-wise, I'm going to lay the 11 and a half. Give me the Bills, Brent. Yeah, Bills are on a mission. They, you know, they had that. They fell off middle of the season, right? Well, they, they've got two wins in a row, two big wins in a row. Uh, I think they're going to come out, and they're just going to stop the Chargers. I mean, they're going to be all over them. Uh, like you said, it's not even really a home field advantage. Chargers are pretty much done. The season's done. Buffalo Bills, 31. Chargers, 13. What do you got there, Travis? Uh, Buffalo Bills. Travis, the general manager of Britain Tavern. That's our location, our Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Zool Tequila Shots, week number 16 here on the fan. The Packers, Brent, what in the world is going on? Five-point favorites on the road at Carolina. 
Carolina's done. Their second win of the season last week. Justin Houston jettisoned because he wants to go play for a winner, which Carolina truly is not. Lay that five and take the Packers, and it's not like anything's been going great for that team either. Yeah, that's just ugly. Last couple of weeks have been ugly, especially at home, you know, and uh, Tampa Bay looked really good, but we looked really bad, you know, and then the week before, uh, Jordan looked horrible. Like, he couldn't even throw it to anybody. So, I'm going to see a little bounce back here. Um, I, I like Green Bay to win this game, 23-17. They cover that five. Travis. Also, oh, I'm sorry. Go before, ahead. Before, for yes. those that are still out there and fortunate to be in fantasy playoff land, uh, the Lunazul Tequila shot of the week for uh, somebody to pick up that's available in a lot of, 80% of the leagues. Tight end Tucker Craft from the Green Bay Packers has silently been adding some action the last couple weeks, John. Flirting with 100-yard games, five, six touchdowns, or five, six receptions oh. a game, and a touchdown. So Tucker Craft. Add him to your fantasy lineup I, to win the playoffs. I think you adequately described him as silent but deadly. Silent but deadly. That's absolutely We right. all know what that is. That's right. That's an SBD. SBD. Right there, <laughs> if you will. Travis, what do you got? I'll take Green Bay. All right. All right. Travis, like I like how you just get right to the point. <laughs> just right give us winners. Point. When you see Travis up here, the general manager of Britain Tavern, say Travis just gets right to the point here. Hey, this is the big one, too. Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Houston. Last check I have not seen. Cam, C.J. Stroud not playing. Still on, yeah, he's still, still on concussion, concussion protocol. protocol. Yeah. I know that they had floated around with that. That is obviously a bad deal. However, Houston survived last week. Case Keenum, or the ghost of Case Keenum, and then a long field goal ultimately got it done for them on the road in Nashville when the Tennessee Titans were playing in the old Houston Oilers uniforms. It was a sordid story, but it came out good for the Texans. They are just trying to kind of scramble along here until they get Stroud back from concussion protocol. I'm going to lay that two and a half on the road and give me Joe Flacco and the Browns for whatever reason right there. That may We talked about him being coach of the year for a good reason. They've had a variety of different quarterbacks. What, one, two, three, four, I believe they have had yeah. so far this season. And certainly the one that they counted on having and paid the most is not the one participating. It, combined with their defense, Brent, has been an amazing effect, even if you don't like Cleveland. Lay the number and give me the Browns on the road. Yeah, I mean, they're nine and five. You crazy. Know, it is crazy. This, this, you know, we're talking wacko for flacco here. Flacco was on his couch three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he's brought some, brought some uh, spice back to this team. Mari Cooper's finally getting some action back in the game. They got some players back there. Um, I, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, who knows who's going to be quarterback? It doesn't sound like uh, Stroud is. So I'm going to go with you there, too, John. Give me Cleveland, lay the two and a half. What you got, Travis? I'll do the Cleveland Browns also. The Lions and the Vikings. Man, the Vikings were right there last week. The Vikings were ready, willing, and able to give the Colts a helper. And then as we talked about, man, T. Higgins made a great play, and the Vikings wilted once that game certainly went to overtime. They are three-point underdogs at home versus the Lions. I'm going to lay that three. Give me Dan Campbell's crew coming up this weekend. Brent. You know, we talk about uh, Detroit not playing well on the road outside. Well, this is an indoor facility. Yes. I, I think Detroit goes in there. I think they get the work done. Sorry, Tommy. Tommy Sutton's here. Love you, man. But uh, give me Detroit. Lay the three. What do you got over there, Travis, general uh, manager of Britain Tavern? Yeah, Detroit Lions also. The Jets. The New York Jets and the Washington Commanders. <laughs> this entire season, the whole thing regarding the Jets has been every Tuesday and an Aaron Rodgers conversation. 
Aaron Rodgers, is he going to come back? Is he going to play? Really, the only thing that stepped into there was Tommy DeVito and the whole pizza place fiasco. Uh, or I'm sorry, that's with the Giants, but talking about the Meadowlands in general has had not a level of excitement between the Giants and the Jets from DeVito with the Giants and a myriad of quarterbacks of the disappointment and the loss of Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. However, three-point favorites of the Jets at home against the Commanders. I'm going to lay that three, and I'm going to get a spark of life from the Jets and the Meadowlands coming up this weekend. In a roundabout way, give me the Jets. Scary, John. We're uh, on the same games to date to, to right now. Even to this game, I'm on the Jets as well. I think the Jets, uh, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's this line is three against Washington. Washington, they've been struggling. They don't know who's going to be quarterback. I think they should play Howell and just let him kind of grow with it a little bit. But uh, I think Jets win at 23 to 17. I'll take the Jets, lay the three. That old Meadowlands thing is a bit of a precursor to when we get to the Giants and the Eagles coming up as well. But right now, Travis, what's your pick? Yeah, I agree with the Jets. The Seahawks story on Monday night was fantastic. I don't really care too much for Drew Locke, but I just thought that moment, that final drive was great. A couple of big plays made, one DK Metcalf, and then the rookie uh, Smith and Jigbo with the touchdown catch. That salted that away for Drew Locke in for Geno Smith, and the Seahawks get it done. I don't know if you're looking for carryover. Two and a half point favorites on the road at Tennessee. I kind of wonder about what's going on with Vrabel. I know that they love him down there, but we'll see what happens in New England with Vrabel. There is a lot swirling around here. I'm going to lay that two and a half. I wouldn't necessarily do this. Well, lay the two and a half and give me the Seahawks on the road against the Titans team that after last week is probably just ready to go ahead and pack this whole thing in. I'm against you here. I, I really think they're going to play for Vrabel. I think they're going to go out there and, 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 and run a gun. I think they're going to get Levis, get some more acti- action going on. And you still got uh, Lord Henry, right? He's back there. He's going to have a field day, I think. So I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans, and I say the Titans win the game outright, 23-20. I'll take the plus two and a half. What do you got there, Travis? Tennessee Titans. Man, the Jaguars have been a mess. In the meantime, the Buccaneers, I mean, Brent saw this up close and personal, right? Baker Mayfield, game that he had. Buccaneers and the Jaguars, a pick in Tampa Bay. My pick is going to be for the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, Brent Halverson. Yeah, uh, we're still kind of unknown, too, on quarterback status. Uh, in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of unknown. That, yeah, it might change some things. That's why this game's a pick em. But I think the way both teams have been playing, Jacksonville's lost three in a row. Tampa Bay's won three in a row. Tampa Bay's at home. Tampa Bay's got the – they're just rolling at the right time, uh, which pains me to say, but I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at a pick em. What do you got over there, Travis? Um, I will take the Bucks on that game. Larceny, Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots, Travis, the general manager, Britton Tavern, off of State Road 37 here in Fishers. That's week 16 we're going over, and the Bears are four-point favorites at home against the Cardinals. It all seems to make a little bit of sense. I This is one where normally you would suggest you look at the matchup in this game and you go, yeah, stay away from it. I think this is one that you jump on today. I'm going to lay that for and give me the Bears in Chicago in Week 16. Brent. Yeah, I like that, too. I think this is going to be kind of, you know, you got two very mobile quarterbacks. Justin Fields finally back in action. He's looking good. Uh, DJ Moore, one of the best receivers in the league, too. I think he has a big game. I think this could potentially turn into a shootout. Uh, I'll take the Chicago Bears uh, win 27-20. That is Travis. 
And Chicago Bears also. Here's what's funny about Dallas, right? All it takes is like one bad game for everybody in the world to fall off the bandwagon. I mean, everybody. From my good friend Jeremiah to every hardcore Dallas Cowboy fan out there. Everything was going great. The best team in the NFL. And then they made that trek to Western New York, and they looked like that last week, and now they're the absolute worst. Now they're overrated. You overrated the team. You're overrated the quarterback. Skip Bayless does a video about you. Stephen A. Smith laughs about it. It is all going downhill for the Cowboys. Does it resurface in a pick against the Dolphins? I don't think so. I think more fuel to the anti-Dallas or to the Sliprock Dallas followers and their fire right here. Give me the Dolphins at home in that pick and Brent Halverson against the Cowboys. What do you got? Second best game on the slate this week, John. I mean, this is, this is going to be another great matchup right here. Uh, I think everything you just said, I'm, 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 I agree with. I don't entirely with. trust the Dolphins' defense. But yeah, I think but at home is going to be a big difference. You know, this is a 51-and-a-half-point uh, line on that total. So yeah. it's, it's, it, 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 we know it's going to be some fireworks. We know there's going to be some scoring going on. Um, I think Miami is going to be on the right side of this. So I'm going to pick them 27-24. Give me the Dolphins. Travis, what do you got over there? Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys on that one. All right. Man, it's funny. I don't know what I love more, watching the Broncos play or watching Sean Payton yell at Russell Wilson on the sideline. I thought that was pretty good. That was really good drama for a game that wasn't about to go the direction of the Broncos. They're back at it at mile high against the Patriots. We all know the Patriots situation, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the six-and-a-half and a little bit of a rejuvenated love fest between quarterback and first-year head coach in Denver this weekend in Week 16. Brent, what do you got? I, I honestly think this game will. I, I think Denver wins the game, but I don't think they cover it. I think this is a field goal game, one way or the other. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the. Uh, I'm going to take the points on this one. I'd always buy that half point to make it seven, make it a full touchdown. But uh, give me the Patriots plus six and a half. That's Travis over there. Yeah, we'll do the Broncos. Travis is short and to the point every single time. <laughs> Larceny bourbon locks. Luna Zul tequila shots. Week number sixteen. The Chiefs are ten point favorites. It's funny, you get in a season where there are so many expectations, and we've seen them. They're good, but they haven't lived up to expectations. I mean, most teams around the NFL, Brent, would want to be them, but they haven't lived up to their own expectations. Thus, there's a lot of whining and a lot of crying. And then you get that group that's sick and tired of hearing about them, from Mahomes to Kelsey to Taylor Swift and all of that. You watch this team late in the season, however, catch fire. Oh, I forgot to mention Kadarius Tony too, and all that he brings to the table. It is an absolute soap opera. Somehow, some way, I believe that Andy Reid will find a solution late in the season to it. I hope that he doesn't, because I really don't care about him. But I'm willing to say that right now. Lay the ten and give me the Chiefs at home against the Raiders. And by the way, the Raiders at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up in week number 17. What you got, Brent? Well, this is a close game earlier, right, in the year. I, I think I mean, this is this is a classic backdoor cover just waiting to happen right here. The Chiefs have been struggling. We're going to find a solution, though, brother. They're all the soap it. opera. Hey, I agree, but, you know, Travis Kelsey's been soft. They've been, you know, and, and you got Belichick who's going to take out, or Belichick, excuse me. you got these guys who are going to take out Kelsey. They're going to go after, make sure they can protect him or guard him. I'm going to take the points here. I think Kansas City wins the game 27-20. So, I'll take Laz's Raiders, though, plus 10. Tell me this, though. Yep. Does... Is, is Taylor Swift making Travis Kelsey weak in the knees? That's yes. what Mickey said in Rocky. Yes. They make your knees weak. 
They weaken the knees. Taking some extra stamina out of him. Yeah, here you and there. can't. What? Weak something? What did he say? Crap lightning and do something with thunder? I almost had it right there. Wow. Trainer good. Mickey right there in Rocky. Clearly nobody's getting it, so I'll move on. <laughs> Travis, what do you got right there? Uh, I can't see the Chiefs on that one. <laughs> it's a big number right there. I just think at some point all this gnashing of the teeth and whining and crying really from everybody, including the Chiefs themselves, will subside and they'll get back to what we expect. Yeah, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, too. Our large city bourbon locks and Luna's will take the shots. Yeah, the Giants are an absolute disaster. They get the Eagles. The Eagles are 12-point favorites. The Eagles are at home. That's probably going to be a Bradley Cooper game right here. That's outstanding. You watch the Giants end up covering this. You watch the Giants end up stepping up and covering this for whatever reason. I wish I had a grand explanation other than the Eagles haven't been what we thought, and I don't see that light at the end of their tunnel like I do with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Giants. Give me the 12 points and give me the Giants on the road. I may regret this later, but give me the Giants and the 12 on the road. Brent Halverson. You know, the same division. These opponents, they play each other tough regardless of who's, right. who's doing what. They're, they're always tough. That's a lot of points. A lot of especially points. Especially after the Eagles. They've lost three in a row. Um, you know, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets out there. He's, uh, I think he's going to hang with them here. I'm going to take the Giants as well, plus 12, John. What do you got over there, Travis? I'm on board with the Giants. All right. So if we weren't talking about the game of the weekend a little bit earlier – with the Cowboys and the Dolphins, this may be it right here. The Ravens and the 49ers from the Levi. Five-point favorites of the Niners. Man, I really do. I want to take the Ravens right here. I just think the defense of the 49ers will be enough. And we've seen it. Colts fans have seen it, right? Sometimes the Ravens don't come out there and represent what they have done for the most part during this 2023 season. I think... In week 16, this will be one of those matchups. I'm going to lay the six, or no, check that. I'm sorry, lay the five and give me the Niners at home against the Ravens in part two of the game of the weekend. I'm excited. This Super Bowl pre- preview to me, I, I really think I can't wait to sit back and get some uh, Evan Williams eggnog in me, John. Nice. Get some cocktails well flowing. Done. Watch this game right here. I think this is going to be a, a one for uh, really give us a preview of what we're looking at in late February or mid-February. Travis, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Going to take the uh, yep. give me the 49ers 27-20 cover. Travis, what are you talking about over there for that one? Yeah, 49ers also. All right, we get the Colts and we get the Falcons. One o'clock, Christmas Eve afternoon. Colts have a lot of going for them. There's no doubt. I thought they came off of. The best second half, the more, the most near-perfect second half that this offense together, the way they look, can play. And uh, I don't expect that to subside on Sunday. I think they're going to ride that wave and go back-to-back games and look like that. And I think they're going to be as dominant to the Falcons as they looked in the second half, really, in bullying the Steelers around. I think that carries over. So go ahead and give me, and it's interesting right now, we talked about this number a little bit earlier, right? This number started out, what, minus two for the Colts, and now it is, last check, what? Well, it, I, when I checked earlier today, it yeah. was one. It's now two and a half. It is two. Something's going on. It is a two and a half. I, I just, I have this great feeling about the Colts in that second half here and being able to, even on the road, in this case against a bad team, hold over. But last check, the Falcons are two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
I'm going to go ahead and take that two. Give me that two and a half and give me the Colts on the road because I believe they can sustain unless all of a sudden somebody's injured we have no idea is injured. Brent, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, it's two and a half everywhere now. I mean, there's all kinds of money. And this just Falcons. happened within the last 30 minutes. It did. I mean, when yeah. I filled these out earlier today, John, I mean, I went straight with, with the lines at, at 12 o'clock today. So we're talking four hours later, it's moved another point and a half. And, you know, it's a million dollars to move a game a half point usually. But this is some kind of information thing that, that I don't think that I have heard. So I'm trying to think. What could it be? Cam, you want to jump in here? What do you think it is? It's not Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's news happened more than 48 hours ago. So it's not that. Cam, what do you got? What, oh, okay. What, anybody else got yeah, anything? I, I don't know. I'm yeah. gonna, but I'm, here's what I'm going to do, John. I mean, I had the Colts down, uh, plus one. I, 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 this, seeing this, though, again, you've got to watch these lines. There's something out there going on. And for us not to know what it is, that tells me I'm going to join Vegas in this one. Oh. I'm going to switch my pick. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons, and I hope I'm wrong. What? No Falcon way. Lay the two and a half. Atlanta, follow the money. There was a tremendous song in 1983, and she was a member of ABBA. Her name was Frida. And Phil Collins played the drums in the backup role, and she had a one-hit wonder called There's Something Going On. I know there's something going on, but I don't care. I, I want and I expect that Colts offense, especially up front, to be as good as they were in the second half against the Steelers. And I will call upon the Colts defense up front to be the same. So this doesn't concern me as much as it might the Sharps out there that are looking at this number change. But it is. And it just, it, uh, I mean, that's something that normally comes in the territory of a quarterback, quarterback. I was going to say yeah, the same thing. Is there injury. something with Minshew yeah. that we don't know about? Is he got the, you know a lot of, right? There's a lot of sickness going on right now. So what do you got over there, Cam? Oh, I think it's weird that because Jonathan Taylor is trending towards playing now. Yeah, Which I think it's weird that it's happening. Is it Matt, Matt Gay's leg? <laughs> you know, people were saying ever since he had the kid, that's when things turned. Yeah, around. I think, he I think he's had a bit of a leg, game. a leg issue here. But yeah, yeah, that's a lot of work to move. That's non-quarterback related, right there. I'm sorry, Travis. You got we any inside information, Travis? We, we didn't mean to. We, we need it. Man. This is all. This thing's happening in front of us. It's changing here. So, gotta figure it out. What do you got, Travis? No, I'll go with the Colts on that game. See. This is what I love about Travis. He just simplifies it. I go through this long, drawn-out explanation as to why. Why can this be happening? And then Travis goes this right comes in. Hey, man. you know, again, he uh, last week, Mike, Mike with 12-2-1, and one, pretty cut and dry. Travis yeah. is going to get – we're going to put these two up against each other for the next couple of weeks here, John. There is a uh, ton of stuff going on, but that is a, a significant number change. That really is. That we will follow right So there. keep your eye on that. Whatever's out there, something's going on. So. Hey, Travis, tell everybody about tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and upcoming once again here at Britain Tavern. Yeah, tonight we've got Pub Pull starting at 7 o'clock. It's like a Family Feud-style trivia. Um, tomorrow, or Friday, we've got Jambox performing. Love Jambox. Billy and the Tall Boys uh, Saturday. And then that uh, New Year's Eve weekend, got the Bishops, Andrew Young, and Big 80s. And then looking forward to February, we've got a Battle of the Bands coming up on Sunday. Oh, nice. So last two Sundays um, of February, and then the first two of March. The Battle of the Bands. Yeah. That's awesome. Very yeah, cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That, Great uh, place, too. Look at the Are they known bands, or is it just like somebody puts a band together and gets up here? They come in typically between five and seven bands a night and then they compete for uh you know a prize and then for some gig dates here the following year that's awesome so it's a it's a busy night from six till probably 11 or 12 every sunday that's great wow awesome Love hey it. travis thanks for having us man hey thank you love to be back that's Appreciate travis it. the general manager say hello to him 
at Britain Tavern. Brent's going to hang my chapel top of the hour. We'll try to get out of him exactly what might be going on. I know there's something going on. I'm going to tell you what. Nathaniel, if you don't find that song and play it when we return, then you're not going to be worth your salt this afternoon in that position you're in right there. I'm just telling you. Other side, Eddie Gill. Eddie Gill's got you coming up later on tonight. We'll see if the Pacers go back-to-back. Last night I went over Charlotte in Memphis for the second of a back-to-back later on tonight. Eddie Gill from Pacers TV and Radio set to join us next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Mark Boyle, the voice of the Pacers right there. They went over Charlotte last night. They get the Memphis Grizzlies coming up later on tonight. Nathaniel back at the station with his Frida, and there's something going on. Uh, before we get to Eddie Gill, who's going to join us in a second, Mike Chappell is going to join us at the top of the hour. Again, our reset off of State Road 37 in Fishers. We are at Britain Tavern, which is just a legacy great place for so many years. We were just doing our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, and we discovered that it was... Britt, you can hop back on here before Eddie jumps on, too. It was at the beginning of the week, was it not, that that the Colts were... Were they two-point favorites at the time? They were. They two were. Two-point favorites, and now they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. So we kind of wonder what's going on. Is there something going on? And we had mentioned it's got to be something with Minshew, doesn't it? Here? I mean, I mean is Minshew sick? I know a lot of people had the flu, like James, our normal producer, the reason why Nathaniel was in is because James has the flu right now, and a lot of people are ill, and is there a reason behind that, you think? Well, I mean, everything I've read, and yes. Cam mentioned this too, I mean, everything, yeah. it looks like Jonathan Taylor's trending yeah. to try to get back. Mike, Michael Pittman looks good. I mean, I've not seen anything here, John, and, and again, to see that line move like that, Something's going on, and, and it's not uh, it's not knowledge to us apparently yet, but uh, something's there. Uh, somebody's got some inside information about something. All right, Brent Olverson rejoins in a second on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from Pacers Television, Pacers Radio. The former NBA guard Eddie Gill joins us. I just thought last night, Eddie, that was something that was entirely necessary for the Pacers to get. For the Pacers to get a win like that in the fashion in which they got a win like that all the way around, that's exactly what they needed. I don't know what that says about tonight, but last night for a Wednesday night of the NBA in December, that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, yeah, thanks. thanks. Great to be with you guys again. Much much needed, though, for sure. Um, after a tough four-game slide, um, and it happens during the course of an 82-game season, but uh, and this is the first time we've seen it happen to this team up to this point, um, and, and, and definitely when you think about 
the game that happened prior to against the Clippers and, and you know, a couple games prior to that, the, the Wizards and those types of things. But definitely responded the way, the way you would like and, you know, got to give them credit. They were able to get that done. Eddie Gale again, Pacers TV, Pacers Radio. He's with us multitasking as usual on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What stood out more so than anything else? It, to me, it was what Buddy Hill did. I mean, as a shooter, you do, and you're allowed to. It just happens sometimes. You go through a slump. You go through a curious moment where you can't knock anything down. And getting that rhythm that he had lacked up until that point last night. I think that's one thing you can look to carry over. Like, I don't know defensively how much of a change that drastically this team is ever going to be. But as a shooter with Buddy Heald, that's something getting that rhythm back, which I think that can be longer lasting going into tonight, into this weekend, so on and so forth. You agree? Yeah, I think it was critically important. Like, uh, it was great to see Jalen Smith back in the lineup. Thought his first half was great. He looked like he didn't miss a beat. Um, looks like they're you know being a little bit cautious in terms of his return and, and understanding that there's a game here tonight. So it was great to see him in the lineup. Uh, as, as for Buddy, I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily concerned with with him and him you know having shooting slumps that happens to, to every single guy during, during the course of the season. Uh, but but definitely you want to see him being able to shoot the basketball the way he did um, you know throughout the remainder of the season because obviously obviously especially over the last probably two weeks. Tyrese Halliburton is going to get a lot more attention, uh, you know, as he skyrockets through, through in terms of national media attention. Uh, the, the November that he put together, the early November, or excuse me, early December that he put together, uh, in terms of his production has been incredible. So he's going to get a lot more attention. So you need guys uh, that the that the opponent has to honor, and, and if they don't, uh, a guy like Buddy Hill to make them pay. So Eddie Gill, who joins us, Rick had said earlier this week. Now, now we have a target on our back. You know, going through that first end-season tournament and all the notoriety, all the publicity that comes along with us put a target on us and most importantly probably put a target on Tyrese Halliburton. From what you have seen over that span, you know, from the success they had against Boston to Milwaukee and then obviously that loss of the Lakers, how much of that and what he is talking about has been true that you have seen with the Pacer competition since that tournament? Yeah, I just think you know they're not they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. Uh, everyone knows that they have you know a, a, a top two or three offense in the league, and, and Tyrese Halliburton is is uh, is on track to be a starter in an All Star game. So it's not, you're not he's not, his game is not sneaking up on anyone. Uh, their offense is not sneaking up on anyone, and, and there's a thing called a scouting report, and, and uh, the opponent you know they're pros too, and they they have a job to do, and they're they're supposed to go out there and execute a game plan. And, and right now that means Tyrus Halliburton is going to be getting trapped on pick and rolls and he's not going to be able to play as much isolation. There's going to be long athletic wings guarding him night in and night out. So they'll be trying to make his life a little bit more difficult and and uh, and try to slow this offense down. So they'll have to figure out other ways uh, to be effective and be able to counter. So Eddie Gill from Pacers TV, Pacers Radio, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It has been talked about this team defensively. I hated it on Monday, Eddie, because not only did they you know, take a beating in terms of giving up a, a buck fifty plus, but I, I saw Kawhi Leonard acting in a way, a jovial fashion. I don't even think I saw when he won an NBA title, for that matter. And you saw the Clippers all clowning around, and you wonder about this team's defense. How much more do they have, in your opinion? 
defensively to give and how much of this may come down to, you know, organizationally speaking, they just need to find some other guys to help mix in to make this defense better. How, I guess how, what I'm asking, how much you think is fixable with this present roster? I think it's definitely fixable. Um, and, and, the, and the reason why I think that is because we've seen it. Uh, now, have we seen it consistently? Have we seen a lot of it? Uh, there's an argument to say no. But the fact that you've seen it enough to where that if you, if you really lock in on it and focus in it, and it, it climbs the charts in terms of your priorities, uh, you can play at that level a little bit more than, than what we've seen. Um, their pace of play, you're going to give up more possessions. Those, those types of things are all true. But I think it's lazy to say that, um, you know, we just got to go out and try to outscore everyone every night and, you know, or to say that uh, no one plays defense in the NBA. You know, there's levels to it. If you look at playoff contenders, teams that are winning championships, they're always in the top five, top ten at minimum uh, defensively in terms of the uh, relative to the entire NBA. So um, if, if, you, if you're telling me those aspirations are, are, are playoffs and, and being a contender, then you find a way to get it done. Um, yeah, can you make an argument to, to get other guys who lock in on a defensive end or this, this that, and other? You, you may be able to come up with that case, but I think this team as constructed, um, we, we've seen them play defense at, at a higher level. Again, like I said, at a smaller sample size, but it's just a, a mental approach in terms of like, hey, all right, we're going to do this night in and night out and, and not necessarily depend on putting a buck 40 on the board to win. Eddie, a frustrated Rick Carlisle on Monday after that beating they took at the hands of the Clippers had, had mentioned a variety of, well, we may have to think about doing this. And, and part of that variety was slowing the tempo down, which, all right, I understand that. But I, I think the points you take away are not necessarily going to be made up that often on the defensive end. Do you think that that is a, a reasonable, a feasible option if their defense can't consistently improve, is slowing down the pace that they play offensively at all? I think you can. I think it'll be difficult because this, this team has, has found an offensive rhythm and, and, and basically a lifestyle in terms of how they play, especially with Tyrese Halliburton at the point. He's pushing the basketball, make or miss, regardless of what's going on out there. So to try to slow him down and rein him back in terms of what he does best, it may be difficult. Uh, but, but I do think uh, you can be selective in terms of when you are pushing the basketball, especially if you've had um, you know, three or four really bad defensive possessions in a row and you need to just slow down for at least, at least a few possessions to try to rein it in uh, in, in some cases. Are you going to do that over the course of a, you know, four quarters? No, but you can be, be a lot more selective in terms of when you are uh, pushing the basketball up the floor if, if in fact, uh, your defense is, is really taking a beating because you're coming up empty on the offensive end and you're giving up easy uh, opportunities on the other. Well, and since you played, I'll ask you that. I I, I get what you're saying. You're saying, well, it, it's not going to change who Tyrese Halliburton is. You, you find ways to slow it down in other avenues. I just think the way this team is built and how they played, that would be, to me, this is just me, that sounds nearly impossible to do. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I don't think you you definitely you won't you you're not going to tell Tyrese Halliburton to walk the basketball at the court. You, that's just not going to happen, yeah. right? That's just that's just probably not going to happen. And then and then having said that, you you know you don't I don't know if you have dynamic enough um, guys who can just sit down and and find quality looks 
against the half court defense, right? So they're they're at they're playing this pace of play because it's harder to defend. Uh, but having said that, it it does challenge your your own defense. Um, but if you have the the mental f- approach to it, you can be better. Um, you know, again, I, I I don't think the, this team is all of a sudden going to be vaulted into the top five defensively. But um, with more consistency and, and a focus there, you can you can crawl into the middle of the pack and then just be serviceable on that end. Uh, he is Eddie Gill, Pacers down in Memphis tonight. That tip time is at 8 o'clock. Eddie joining us from Pacers TV and Pacers Radio. You know, obviously they're going to get the home debut of John Morant coming up later on tonight. And, and Eddie, you've seen this. The Grizz, they've been basically a disaster so far. But re-entering him into the fray is a dynamic that is is really tough on a team like the Pacers coming in the second of a back-to-back and that type of atmosphere. Bad record for the Grizz or not? Yeah, you got to take records and, and, and previous games completely out of the equation when you go into this game yeah. here tonight. You know, John Morant is, uh, you know, prior to suspension, is, is easily a top 10 player in the league and, and arguably a top two or three point guard in the league. Uh, he does things that um, only a handful of guys can do. He clearly is, is motivated, and, and the team is motivated. It's a jolt of energy, um, and he looked like he didn't miss a beat in his first game back, uh, you know, capping it off with, with a game winner. So um, re- regardless to whether this is his first game or he's been there the whole, whole season, this is going to be a tough game uh, for anyone and, and just happens to be the, the Pacers' night. We're going to get uh, more minutes for Jalen Smith coming up later on tonight. That was managed last night, but I'm going to tell you, when he was out there, when he went in for miles, he was stroking jumpers. And, I mean, really, he was back right to the point of how he impressed us all up until that injury. How much more do you expect to see out of him tonight? Yeah, it was great to see him. Um, I think probably, uh, if I had to guess, uh, again, it being a back-to-back, they'll be, they'll be cautious in, in his return. Yeah. Uh, but, man, he didn't miss the beat. As soon as he checks, it, checks into the game, he gets right to it, offensive rebound and put back, knocks down a couple threes. Couple re, uh, couple rebounds, and uh, I, w- I was really encouraged to see how he played. And it, it, it's been nice to be around the team and watching him just slowly but surely ramp up his preparation to return to action. And uh, I thought the Pacers did a, a great job of preparing him to get back into the flow. And he he did a great job himself uh, in that first half. And man, you look at that that center position throughout the entire night. Man, they were <laughs> you can't ask for more between what Miles Turner did in that first quarter to set the tone. Uh, Jalen Smith comes in. I said, obviously, he had a great first half. And um, Isaiah Jackson in, in the second half, he, he played the backup center minutes. And uh, all three of those guys I thought were fantastic. Uh, and I'm going to ask you this. I'm, and you probably know this. I'm a supporter of Miles. I have even through, you know, a lot of people around here oftentimes are not. But I, I have this question, too. And I've asked before. And he talks about how he just kind of lets the game kind of come to him. But we saw aggressive Miles last night. Was that just a product of who he's going against? Or why, why could we, why should we not see that type of Miles, you know, power to the basket, things of that nature, more often than we end up seeing? Yeah, I, mean, I, thought, he was, I thought he was incredible when the way he started the game. His aggression was, was, was noticeable. Um, and that's clearly when he when he's at his best is when he's playing a, a aggressive and decisive basketball. And I thought his 
Uh, IQ for the game was great. He found spots to find whether it was getting all the way to the basket, playing physical game, uh, uh, that that little short mid mid post area where he rolls in there, or pick and pops all the way out to the three point line. Um, and and yeah, you can you can say you know the the opponent is is um, yeah. influences some, some of the production yeah. of any of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, um, but but having said that, it's also you know opportunities that, that present themselves. They they play a, a a brand of basketball where sometimes you know the ball doesn't find you. Um, it, it's finding another guy on a given night. Or uh, I thought the Hornets pick and roll defense was absolutely horrible. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton get whatever he wanted at any time in in that pick and roll, and oftentimes, especially early on, it was being able to find Miles. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've talked about it all the time. Even you know, from his very early on days, whenever he's playing aggressive, confident basketball, um, he, he's been great. And, and I've always, I've always been a big supporter of Miles. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously it was a question mark, I think, going into tonight. But yeah, we'll see. This is going to be an interesting back-to-back, to say the least. I completely agree with something you said earlier. You throw out absolutely everything that was non-John Morant. Do you not? in terms of what the Grizzlies look like in comparison to what you expect them to look like tonight? Yeah, that has absolutely no bearing on, on what you on what you see now with that with the, with this team, him being there and, and they're, they're being whole. Um, well, the other piece of it you know, that, that goes that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, no Steven Adams is on this team, no Brian Clark. Yeah. Those, those two guys are, have been out for the entire season. So, um you know, those are huge gaps that that they're looking at. They're they're just trying to fill and they, fill, and they've been yeah. trying to just figure it out. Ultimately, they don't have a guy w- without John Morant who can who can draw a double team, and that's the name of the game. You got to create double teams. You have to create some sort of scramble to get easy opportunities in this league. And, and John Morant is, is is at the top of the list in guys who can create a double team. No, you're right, uh, Eddie Gill. What do you got? What's your priorities tonight? What's your work? I think Jaw is has got to be at the top of the list. Still, you got to try to figure out a way yeah. to make it, you know, life hard on him. Um, I, I suspect uh, Neesmith is going to get quite a bit of that. Bruce Brown is going to get quite a, quite a bit of that. And, but it's it's a collective effort. No one guy is going to stop him from getting to where he wants to get, especially with the way the uh, the perimeter defense um, yeah. in terms of hand checking and physical play out there on the perimeter. You need multiple guys. But ultimately, you got to try to slow down, hit, slow them down, guard the first and second bounce, and then bring help when it's appropriate. And then early on, without him in the lineup, they were shooting a ton of three-point shots. Not necessarily <laughs> that were going in, uh, but you know, at home, motivated, energized. Um, if those start going in, then you get really got a problem because that's a lot more space you got to cover, uh, and, and then really try to keep John Moran out of the lane, which is almost impossible. Eddie. Have a great Christmas, you and the family, if we don't talk again prior to that. Thanks, as always, for coming on here and adding the insight. We appreciate you. My man, I appreciate you. Happy holidays to you guys. It's uh, Eddie Gill, Pacers TV, Pacers Radio, with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Britain Tavern on a Thursday off of State Road 37 in Fishers. 93.5107. Find the fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Boyle Gill, Pacers Radio tonight, 7.30 pregame show. Pat Boylan will enter into the mix as well. That 8 o'clock start from Memphis. And again, I mentioned IU and Purdue tonight as well. Purdue, Jacksonville from West Lafayette at 6.30. What did I say? Was that 8 or 8.30 for IU? I think 8.30, right? 8.30 for IU and North Alabama. In Bloomington later on tonight, Ball State is on the road with Michael Lewis's gang at Minnesota. Of course, we got a busy weekend. It's a holiday weekend, but a busy weekend nonetheless. Live from Britain Tavern. I'd love to see you up here. More JMV takeover shirts to give away, courtesy of Brian Kelly. The shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel with the widely loved JMV takeover T-shirts while they last here. Britain Tavern, State Road 37 in Fishers today. You need one, D? I got you, 1D. I got you covered. Andy Moore, Automotive Group, Hotline, CBS 4 and Fox 59. Mike Chappell joins us. Man, I have so much right now to cover with you. Let's start with Jonathan Taylor. Protective wrap, a variety of combinations between that and glove work today to get back from that surgically repaired thumb what do you gather from this? Do you believe that he's going to play? I've not seen in the last 30 or so minutes, so I'm asking you from what you gather right now, what do you think is going to transpire coming up on Sunday? Yeah, I think he plays. I mean, we talked to him today, and he was very upbeat. Now, I've always said the, the one person you should not listen to on availability is a player, but, but I just think that's where we're headed. And uh, our, our Brett Bensley had a good video clip of, of Taylor with that glove on, and you really couldn't tell what what was underneath it or how they're going to do it. But he, what Taylor told us is, hey, we're going to try some things. There's going to be a wrap slash brace something. Uh, but keep in mind, he's a running back, and he's got to be able to <laughs> use his hand. As he said, it's his dominant hand, and he's got to be able to – Yes, pass protect, but more than that, you know, uh, ball security. Yeah, it's, you're right. you know, and, and I mentioned to him and he kind of laughed. I said, well, I said, you realize that, you know, the Falcons also know that you got a bad th- or you've had thumb surgery. So, you know, they'll, they'll test it out as much as they can. They'll test different wraps or whatever you want to call it, and they'll come to the conclusion that either he can or can't go. I think he, can, I think he will. And you'll just have to hope that what they come up with and, and with his own concentration, that he'll, he'll ball security won't be an issue. Uh, but no, I, I think he's, you know, as, as I say, trending. So it was very encouraging that he was listed full yesterday. And he, and he, when they really practiced today, he was full. And we'll see if there's any setbacks or whatever, because the Colts today will, will have done as much as they can within reason. They're not going to take hammers to his thumb for crying out loud, but they're, they're going to do as much contact to see how that thumb holds up and, and can he play the position uh, at a winning level. You can't, you know, you just can't have him out there if he can't secure the ball. But but he's been, you know, he's been doing this, the, the rehab for the last couple of weeks in a, in a controlled setting, and now today it was, it was uncontrolled. It was controlled, uncontrolled. But we'll see how it goes tomorrow. I, I think if I had to guess the listing questionable for the game, I just think there's a very, very, very good chance he plays. It's Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want your opinion on this. I stated this point back on Monday. 
I thought of the second half of that game on Saturday against the Steelers, given the group that was out there, I thought that that was as nearly to perfection as that group offensively could play. And that's with Sermon and Goodson at running back and really where it all began up front with that offensive line. I'm just talking about that group, and obviously there's no Jonathan Taylor, no Michael Pittman Jr. You agree with that? I just thought that that was a level in which if you're a coach, no matter who you are, that is exactly what you want to see out of your offensive group in that second half against the Steelers. Yeah, no Zach Moss. I mean, he goes out with the forearm injury. Uh no question. I, I think the offensive line, they, they 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 weren't inspired by criticism of the media by the media because they they know they they didn't play well in a few games recently, certainly at Cincinnati, and they they took it upon themselves to to, to get it cleaned up and to, to do that to Pittsburgh. I mean, that 170 yards is, is the most Colts have ever rushed against the Steelers ever. Ever is a long time, and to do it with Two guys who are your third and your fourth backs, that's pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, that, that's – we always – you know, you talk about next man up and all that. Well, that's in, – in, in short order, they lose Zach Moss and, and Michael Pittman to the concussion. And you really kind of manhandled the Steelers in the second half. And, you, you know, yeah, so, and, and that's what you want to do. That one drive, that 15-play drive where the first 13 plays were rushes. And they picked up a couple of third, third and shorts on that. So that was really impressive. And it starts up front. It, it, it just does. The offensive line has had – overall, this has been a very good season. That was a really good uh, final three quarters against the Steelers. So Mike Chappell, who joins us. Uh, this is odd. And before we get into some of the mystery that's going on, the Vegas line, which I don't pay that close attention to, but I do, like I'm doing today, do picks every week with our Larsity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots every Thursday. We've watched the Colts line basically with the Falcons on Sunday go from the Colts minus two and a half to the Colts plus two and a half. And normally when something like that happens, there is a quarterback situation is – is Minshew sick, or is there something going on there that we just don't know about right now that somebody knows? Because the Vegas change in odds right there is odd, to say the least. No, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. It is strange. Uh, no, I mean, everybody, you know, full participation, and uh, I I don't know. Uh, but, again, it, it's funny because Vegas knows something. I mean, they, not not a bit about this game necessarily, but they're they're so spot on with with with, with their with their point spreads. I don't know. Uh, I, I would think Jonathan. The idea that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to play would impact the Colts favorably. So I don't know. It, it is interesting, but uh, you know n- nothing I know about with with, with Minshew. He's not listed on the injury report. He was out there today. We talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Maybe I, I I have no answer for you. Uh, we'll just see if Vegas really yeah. knows what they're talking about come Sunday. Yeah, it certainly couldn't be Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's announcement came like forty eight hours ago, as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's strange when, when you got a team kind of pushing into the playoffs and are, are getting their health back. And you know, again, Michael Pittman's got a really good chance of playing. 
against a team that's kind of playing them. You know, they, 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 they've benched their quarterback twice, and now you go under Taylor Heineke. I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of confusing, but I trying to get too, too deep in it because I always can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't either. We were just kind of knocking that thing around as we were yeah, here. Mike Chappell of CBS4 in Fox 59 joins us. All right, let's move on to the mystery. Do you believe you know why Isaiah McKenzie and Tony Brown were dealt with in the fashion suspension-wise from the team um, at the end of the season like this? Um, what they did to get that type of punishment response from the Colts within, do you know? No, I wish I did. Uh, you know, I, I, I've poked around and talked to people that I trust, and and no, all I was told is they deserved it. Uh, so no, I don't. Uh, if other guys have it, good for them. I don't. This is one where they're no, they're, well, no. That's the point. Nobody has it. Nobody no. has it. Nobody nationally. Nobody it'll, locally. It'll, it'll come. It'll so, come out. I mean, it always comes out. So, so it, I, it'll leak somehow or whatever. But right now, no. And the thing I'll add add is this is a pretty significant, harsh penalty. Uh, Yes, it it, is. It it, it can be that they they missed bed check Friday night. They were 20 minutes late or, or, you know, they've been late to meetings because, first of all, I don't think Steichen would put up for being late for meetings, you know, over and over again. It just it just it cries out that there was a an event. There was something that went on. You know, the first thing that jumped into my mind was some kind of a fight that really got out of hand. Uh, I, I don't think that's what it was from what guys were saying in the media room. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's such a harsh penalty, uh, three games without pay. That That's normally a, a, a major event type of thing. So, I, I don't know. And, you know, we poked around the locker room, and those guys, they were told to shut up. And not talk about it. So I no, it, it'll come out. But right now, uh, if somebody's got something, good for you because I sure don't. No, and that's the point I was trying to make. Nationally, locally, and it just makes you wonder how egregious a situation we were talking about. I don't know, and what you're saying, I don't even know. To me, is there's a precedent. At least in recent well, history that I'm aware of. Recent, no, because I was, the Colts, you know, a player's been dealt with like that. I, the last one I can remember, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody. You know, Rick Venturi uh, suspended uh, Eric Dickerson back in, gosh, what was it 1991, right. whatever it was. Conduct detrimental is such a, and I wrote about this. It's such a broad term. It, it, it means something different to different teams, but it gives you the discretion to say, yeah, that's conduct detrimental. That's why I say it had to – the only thing that, that Shane Steichen talked about and mentioned a couple of times is that we have a standard here and players and people will be held accountable. That's why I say these guys did something, something at a high level – uh, if it was just, if it was just, if it was just a fight in practice, if it was just being late to meetings, then then you can handle it internally by you know inactive a game or whatever. This is this is a, a totally different level. I can't take it too many times across the league that teams have done this. So yeah, it's and it's funny. Whenever you don't know, you really really want to know. 
But right now, I have no clue. And again, I say, if somebody knows, then good for you, because I, I really don't know. Is this – do you think that it's something in the locker room, something in the facility, I, or – See, that's why I thought some kind of a physical altercation that maybe yeah. started on the field and went to the locker room. But no, I, I, I don't know. And the thing with with when you don't have information, then you it leads to speculation. And, and no one around here has even remotely thrown something out there that hey, it might because that's you, that's yeah. irresponsible. You can't do that. But it's one of those rare times that when the coach says we're keeping this internal, they're keeping it internal. And right now, it, it's not leaking out. It, it's it's really impressive that it hasn't got out by a player telling somebody off the cuff or or an agent that you're buddy-buddy with or whatever. But right now, it, it's the cone of silence, and these guys are doing a really good job of maintaining it. Yeah, I just a lot of things bounce around in your head being around here yeah. as, as long as you have and as long as I have. And I guess without any any proven answers, any concrete answers whatsoever, I mean, it does make you think that, they go this far to make sure that nobody says anything that it's something that would sure to be embarrassing to the organization. Well, and a lot of, I'm telling you, there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people in that building know exactly what happened. Of course they yeah. did. I mean, you, you don't, you don't take this move and then you go to the team meeting on whatever Monday or Tuesday and, and there's two empty seats. No, I mean, this has been addressed with the team. They know, so you're talking, you know, gosh, 60, 70 people or whatever, more than that, no. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, but again, that, that's, it, it, that, that's the way it shows you that Shane Steichen is putting his fingerprints on this and they respect him. And, and the accountability thing is a huge, huge thing. Not saying we didn't have it before. We, they didn't have it before. But these guys are putting their trust in the coach and the higher ups, Chris Ballard and all these guys, and and they're they're gonna they're gonna maintain what he wants to do. So you know, and that's you know, it, it's, it makes it tough on the media, and they don't care. But that that's the, the, that's the way the locker room needs to be, where you don't have guys who leak things because whatever whatever reason. Uh, this will come out. You know, we need to have a pool on how long it'll be before this comes out. But right now, it's 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 uh, you know, people who who need to know know, and you don't need to know. So that that's kind of where we are. <laughs> I will tell you this: by now, in the past, it would already have been leaked. No question. So, I'm I'm impressed with the lockdown that evidently this so organization right. has over the group. I always say that one of the most incredibly impressive things was when when. when uh, Boston came and got the Boston or got the Butler basketball coach, and nobody knew about it. Yeah, and, it, and it, that's incredible. That's really hard to do in today's media environment. It really is. Can I tell you a story really quick, and you can play off sure. of that? So back that was a, a summer afternoon, I believe, in late June, and I'm in studio, and Tony Donahue is my producer. And 10 minutes, this is the truth, and everybody knows it, 10 minutes prior to that becoming announced or reported, somebody called anonymously Tony uh, on our line and said, 
Brad Stevens is going to the Celtics. That's going to be announced later on today. Tony told me during a break, Mike, and I, I was getting ready to go on vacation, and I didn't want to be catfished. So I said, there is no way in the world I'm going to say this by somebody calling up and telling you that. And then 10 minutes later, it came to fruition. Right. It was the truth. So, yes, you well, are right. Yeah. And normally that's, normally that's, that's further, even further down the road. I mean, you get the information far before that. So that was an amazing right. thing, too. Yeah. So it, it's really hard to keep things in-house under wraps and with the way, you know, you, know, you tell somebody a secret, then it's no longer a secret. I mean, and the more people that know, it's really hard to keep it that way. They're doing it, and kudos to them. As Stephen Holder and I were talking, is when when you don't know, and they're not going to tell you. You really want to know. I mean, you really want to know. But uh, you know, we'll see when this comes out because it will come out. But right now, it ain't none of your business. Yeah, yeah. People are asking me. So does that have an effect? It wouldn't have any effect on on the line. It's just really weird. Uh, it's just I. Well, I it, we've been it, around it, long it, enough this to. If this was a, a more, you know, frontline player, maybe. Uh, no, the, listen, no, I, the, the line moving like that normally is quarterback related. That's right. why I ask you if you'd heard right. anything, because normally nope. when a line profoundly moves like that, it's something quarterback related. Nope. No, yeah, yeah, it's and maybe it moves tomorrow, which maybe that's a lot of times the lines move also when there's heavy bidding on yeah. one on one side, and they want to try to even it out for whatever reason, you know, to even it out so they don't get totally, you know, hosed on, on, on the betting at the end of a game. But it's pretty curious. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. So what's your thought on Michael Pittman Jr. Sunday? I think he plays. <laughs> I really do. And, and, he's a, and, he's, and, he's and, a tough ass. He's a badass, isn't he? There was no way he was going to be taken off on a cart on Saturday. Not a chance. Uh, <laughs> all the all the targets he's had this year and the catches, he gets lit up a lot. So, yeah, he, he's a tough guy, and he, he's the kind of guy that Ballard and Steichen are going to want to build into this offense. You know, we'll see what the price is. That's for another day. But that's what you want. That's what you want. And, the fact he practiced today without the red jersey is extremely encouraging with today being Thursday. And, you know, but he's still, he's still got to, you know, go through the uh, passing the neurological independent guy. And so we'll see. You know, there was a couple, few weeks ago when Ryan Kelly was, we thought, on track to play, and he, and he didn't. And then it took another week. But I won't be a bit surprised if, if, if Taylor and Pittman are back and, and that's that's huge with with the ramifications of these last three games. And uh, you you want to be at your as healthy as possible going into these big games. And they will they're, they're not going to get Braden Smith back. He didn't practice today. But getting these two offensive playmakers back is huge. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too. And Mike Chappell joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, we watched that game last week and, you know, looking around for this and looking around for that as far as uh, offensive answers. And I, Gardner Minshew often takes a lot of heat. And then when he makes mistakes, I mean, rightly so, that's what's going to happen as a quarterback. But that was a hell of a game that he had on, on Saturday against the Steelers here. 
that's you know if and we've talked about this if you, if you can draw up a game plan now not giving up 13 no not falling behind 13 to nothing with how bad they played but that's exactly how you want this offense to operate if you, if you don't worry about names you know Minshew throws for the three touchdowns and then they turn to the run game and they, and they just they just they just shove it down the Steelers throat and that's how this team it is built right now with that Richardson. It's to make the you know have the quarterback. I don't say manage the game, but make the plays when he has to. But then lean on the run game. And if they can do that the last three weeks, they're they're in good shape. Uh, so again, I've been as critical of Minshew as anybody probably. I just you want you want more, but 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 for the most part, not for the most part. He's the reason they are where they are. I mean, he, he, he's more than done what anyone expected, not just for a game or two, but, but for, you know, the better part of the season. And, and a lot of times backups, they'll play pretty well. And, you know, Joshua Dobbs, he was at Minnesota or wherever, and he plays really well for a couple of games. And then all of a sudden, you know, reality sets in. Well, that's not happening with Minshew. He had, a couple, he had those two bad games with the turnovers, but by and large, he, he's done what he needs to do, and you know, it, it, as long as they get good stuff from the, from the from the receivers with Pittman and the tight end, and you get the run game, whoever it is, whether it's Moss or Taylor or Sermon or Goodson, th- th- this is this is a pretty good offense. So it bodes well for him. Again, you know, it, it's funny we were talking. The, the the season's a marathon; it really is. But now they're in the sprint stage. Three games to go, and. You know, a month ago, I think we were talking how well. You know, they got a pretty good shot at one of those wild card spots. Now they got a better, a pretty darn good chance of winning the division. With, with uh, you know, Stroud's apparently not going to play this week, and Trevor Lawrence apparently didn't practice uh, today. And you know, Jacksonville's in, in a tailspin, and they go to Tampa Bay this weekend. So that that, that game, that that last game with Houston. It could very well be a play-in game, and it could very well be for the division title and, and a home playoff game. Yeah, yeah, it, it, no doubt about that. They, you know, it's funny. I mentioned this at the start of the show. Uh, they have expectations for me right now. They have, I mean, they have, they have expectations. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, it, it, they're playing with house money because this is not going to be their future, blah, blah, blah. Man. But I have to remind people all the time that you're promised absolutely nothing. When you're in this situation, take advantage of it. Don't apologize yeah. for people saying, well, look at their schedule. It's so soft or this or that. Yeah. Take advantage of it when you're in it because you have no idea whether or not you're going to have this fortune. And given the fact the Colts, how they've lived in the past handful of years, that good fortune hasn't been a part of it. So embrace it. Well, yeah, we talked going into the season. Boy, just wait till they get out there and they got Richardson once he gets his feet on the ground. And then you got Taylor coming back. They played one play this year. One. You have no idea. You're right. Yeah. Whatever situation you find yourself in, for whatever reason, here you are. I don't care. They've beaten Carolina and New England. And all. That's who. You, that's who's on your schedule. I, I, I really get kind of yeah. irritated when people sort of downplay what this team has done. You know, they lost their their quarterback started four games. Jonathan Taylor's missed what seven games. Uh, Braden Smith has missed a bunch of time. Juju Brinsmith has missed a lot of time. So no, don't don't give me that. 
take care of it like you got. You're, you're right. You're right. You're, you are promised nothing. So I, I think what, what a playoff berth would do as positive reinforcement to what Steichen and his staff are trying to do would be immense. So, yeah, don't worry about, well, if we fall short, we got next year. No, no, no. You have no idea. So, so, so make the most of it. Win these last three. You got to win two of the last three, and one of those being Houston, and then see what happens. Hey, Mike, in closing here, is it my wide receiving name recognizable lust playing tricks to me with this, or do you think Jarvis Landry would have been a nice addition in some form or fashion to this team? Well, they 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 looked at several receivers, I thought, during the weekend. Didn't they sign Winfrey? They signed another guy or two to the practice squad. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I, that, to me, that's a name. And these guys are more interested. Yeah, maybe, in, that's, in, it, maybe that's just playing. I just thought, I thought initially, man, that guy, for what he has done, and maybe he's not anything like what he has done, but for what he has done, sounded really interesting and helpful. To me on this yeah. roster, but, but again, you're, you're bringing a guy in in December who hasn't been here. At least with the guys, I think they, they also looked at TTQT. So he, he, you know he's been here, and, and may, maybe if, if Pittman would miss extended time, you do that. I, I just think they they this is a team that really really likes to have guys around who who, who know who know their way yeah. around the building and they know the system. I saw that name too, and I'm sure it perked a lot of guys' interest. But these guys really have a way of doing things, and that's not one they normally do. So, Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. We'll uh, just wait patiently and see if uh, somebody ends up finding out what ultimately happened, and and uh, we'll see if we're either let they down will. on or, or oh wow of it. So, it's <laughs> yeah, a, a and, what, and whatever on. we hear. I'm going to say, yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's, that's when we hear it, we're going to say, oh, so that's yeah. why they took that strict of a discipline. <laughs> well, and you're going to say, yeah, okay, I get it. And then we're going to immediately compare it to what we believe to be those that handled things softly with Frank Reich and Chuck Pagano as coaches prior. We're going to compare that to, well, hey, well, yeah, this is it, what they're doing now. That's not like back then. If something similar happened there, yeah. But again, this had to be something. Like the oh my god they they really did that I mean that's that's again the, that level of, of of discipline it had to be something significant it just it just had to be yeah it's funny I I went back and watched that game on Saturday and Rich Eisen who was doing the play by play started talking about how Isaiah McKenzie had been helping out Josh Downs leading up to the first time he'd ever returned punts in the NFL. And I kind of wondered at the time. It did, I mean, it didn't sound too off base at the time. We all questioned in the Colts pregame yep. huddle why, why both he and Tony Brown were healthy scratches. But it, it, um, you know, it didn't really strike me at that time. But now it kind of strikes me as, yeah, yeah, I wonder how much he was. Helping him prepare <laughs> for the first time he was out there, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe not much. So, well, and in two because I mean, it, there's a very good chance these two guys don't play here again. I mean, so so it, it's it, it's it was, it's always the case of again when, when you're down on the bottom third of the roster, 
the one thing you don't do is bring attention to yourself. Don't give them a reason to cut you or suspend you. Well, these guys gave them the reason, whatever that reason is. All right, Mike. Well, we'll uh, we'll check in with you again next week. Have a great Christmas if I don't see or talk to you prior to. And then we'll uh, talk to you next week in preparation for the Raiders. And I just you don't want the Colts to blank this thing up right now. And there's still ways you can blank it up. They're still not a great team. They're a good team, not a great team. Just don't blank it up. So it's there for them, and you just hope they take advantage of it. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Have a great Christmas at Beach Grove, Mike. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Later. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. I, when I heard the name Jarvis Landry, and I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it as well as I could. Maybe it is my ongoing lust for name-recognizable wide receivers here. Maybe that's just it. Maybe he's well past it. And as Mike put it, now, he hasn't been here. These other guys have at least been here. But when I first saw the name Jarvis Landry, I thought, oh, man, that makes sense right there. Possession receiver to be in there. A little go-to for Gardner Minshew. But, again, I do have a lust, and I'll admit to it right here. I have a lust for name-recognizable wide receivers and why Chris Ballard should add them all to his roster. So... That is a bit of an issue. Uh, Mike Chappell, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Eddie Gill, a little bit earlier. Busy show coming at you tomorrow, a Bud Light Blue Friday with Raiders Colts tickets to give away. We are going to be at Twin Peaks. That's 82nd and I-69 coming up tomorrow at Twin Peaks. I believe from what Daryl told me earlier this week, they are going to be in the uh, elf and holiday season Santa type of gear coming up tomorrow for you, fellas. I'll have some more JMV Takeover t-shirts to give to you as well. Today, we are up in the Fishers. We're at Britain Tavern in Fishers. State Road 37, love to see you. The Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. Week 16, we went over Travis, the general manager, and Brent Halverson and me a little bit earlier. We did that. We'll talk with you at 239-1070 to close out the show. And remember, at 6 o'clock tonight, a very special memory show that Jake Query put together regarding Bob Knight. The interviews that we all had after the passing of Bob Knight. That's coming up at the top of the hour with host Jake Query of Query and Company. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. That's uh, Mark Boyle. That's Eddie Gill on the Pacers Radio Network. The uh, second of a back-to-back tonight. Pacers won last night over the Hornets. Uh, they get John Moran. John Moran's home debut coming up later on tonight at 8 o'clock down in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Uh, so his home debut tonight, and uh, if you saw his uh, debut after that 25-game start of the season suspension, because for whatever reason he can't stop taking pictures, all the NFL, all the NBA saying, hey, can you just not be in all these pictures with guns? Can you not do that? Um, but he is back tonight and making his home debut. Pacers off that win over the Hornets tonight. Last night, I should say tonight, it's an 8 o'clock start. 7.30 of pregame coverage right here. I also mentioned that Jake Query narrates the remembrance of Bob Knight. And Jake and I have talked about this show, which is upcoming. That's at 6 o'clock tonight. Um, And if if you know Jake a little bit, you know him to be, especially during the night era, there is nobody that knows more about IU basketball Seriously, and I mean nobody during that era as a fan as he was growing up, the Bob Knight era as Jake Query, and he narrates the memories of Bob Knight. And what that is, that goes back to early November when the Hall of Fame head coach passed away. And we, and I mean us here on the fan, whether it's KB and Andy in the morning or Jake in the midday or me in the afternoon, I mean, I remember that day specifically. We were down on a Thursday for a large bourbon locks and Luna's old tequila shots at Coach's Tavern. And I had, uh, you know, Ryan Carr, who was a manager there, who was the uh, head of scouting player personnel for the Pacers. Uh, Brian Evans, friend of the show, was a Big Ten player of the year and talked about his time with Bob Knight. And then Mark Patrick, who I started with. Over at WNDE, uh, Mark Patrick, who if there was ever a go-to interviewer for Bob Knight during his time there, especially when you consider the late 80s and into the 90s, let's just say the 1990s, if there was a go-to interviewer, then it was Mark Patrick, and he was just absolutely incredible. And you had that with us, and then you had WIBC had a number of interviews with people too. And uh, that's all got to come together, be put together and memorialized in what is going to be a show at 6 o'clock tonight. And it's the remembrance of Bob Knight, the host of Jake Query, that is coming up at the top of the hour. Don't miss any of that. Cam's the onside engineer. Nathaniel in today for a sick James. James is going to be back, I believe, on Sunday. Brent Halverson is now gone, but we have a local legend with us. Brent Halverson is our betting <laughs> analyst. Local legend, Jim Romanek. Um, Romy, as everybody around knows him, I'm thinking, Romy, that you are probably more well-known than most people around here. Uh, How many I'm, years have you been in this business? 27 this That's year. That's incredible. Everywhere I go, I mention, that's all I have to say, Romy. Romy, and... 
they talk about you? I, I used to drink a lot when I first started. <laughs> I, I was out quite a bit, Jay. You were out quite a bit. Exactly. So um, next week you're going to be in. I'm going to be in for Brent Halverson. I'm going to be in for Brent Halverson. I'm going to be the I'm going to be the Jim Sorgi, the Bubby Brister, the Don Strock. I'm, I'm replacing the legend Man, next Don, week Thursday Don at Strzok. Taylor's Pub Two. With Taylor's Pub Two up in Nora. Yep. Yep. We, uh, we actually did a Bud Light Blue Friday up there. We always do back when it's still warm and we can sit outside. We were outside at Taylor's Pub, too, but that's always a fantastic place to go. 100% Kyle and the gang. Yep. We're going to have fun. Chelsea, actually, uh, she's going to be the new picker. Uh, next, no, we got to get Chelsea in as the new picker. Absolutely. She's going to be doing picks. And actually, she's going to have to try. I think she might beat Mike Doran from last week. <laughs> Mike went 12-2-1. and one. Yep. I need a little bit of that love right there. I don't think I'm going to be. Twelve, two, and one. Now, you've been in a variety of places. Now, you're with Heaven Hill Distillery and working closely with Brent. How are things going? Things are going fantastic. We're just, you know, the business is going great. The brands are on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, Heaven Hill such a great company. Family owned since 1935. Uh, couldn't be happier. Just like I said, right place, right time when I ran into Mr. Holverson one day. Yeah. Well, we were talking about, too, um, you know, in, in terms of cinnamon whiskey. The Evan Williams Fire, and I know that there are other brands out there, but there is nothing better than that in terms of cinnamon whiskey. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Right there on top of the list. And, I mean, this time of year, too, I know people serve eggnog at their parties, their holiday gatherings, and uh, Evan Williams has the uh, top-rated eggnog out there. We have the number number one eggnog uh, in in the U.S., my friend. All right, and the other thing is, too, you may know Romy from the JMV Takeover every Saturday night, which begins, again, the 2024 season begins on New Year's Eve. That is a week from this Sunday. So a week from this Sunday, we'll be back on, and you hear Romy often call in for requests, or his better half, the lovely Sarah, who calls in requests. Now, how's this last month gone without the JMV Takeover in your household um we we've had to change up a little bit of course there you know she uh she, she loves you my man so yeah she uh, lo- right back at her she uh she she's had to change it up but i will tell you this much she has already begun her 2024 playlist yes and, and it is actually she has broken it out by eras and uh she is really looking forward to new year's eve and uh she is going to be uh she got a special surprise for you on your food on New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, so. New Year's Eve food. I love it. And it, what's going to be great about it, too, is, is it has grown into something incredibly special. And I love to see that. But uh, it, um, it, it, it is something on New Year's Eve that's always even extra special. DJ Skids put together a, a really cool package on New Year's Eve. And normally we end up going, trying to think, New Year's, that is, the Colts will play earlier that afternoon. So basically, I'm cool with going as late as possible. I think I went until 1 a.m. last year. The record is, I think I went to, till 3 in the morning when the Colts were in Germany. Ooh. And I've gone until like 2.30 in the morning when I did, you know, the 500 weekend. I've done that. So I've only done that once. But we'll probably go later than, than midnight, as well, we normally do. I'll be honest with you. I don't. We make, make you don't it. make it. We'll make it to twelve oh two. We'll make it to twelve oh two, John. It is awesome. All right, one more time, Romy. Where are we going coming up next week? Taylor's Pub Two in Nora. I'm gonna go see Kyle and yep, and uh, and the gang over there, Clinton and uh, Chelsea. Like I said, we're love gonna get, it. She is the new bar manager. She took over for uh, all three places. Gonna be doing the order. She's amazing. You guys, you will love her. She's amazing. 
My man Romy right here, you know him. Appreciate it. You've known him for 25 (laughs) years or more from that standpoint, too. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. you. Appreciate you, brother. Tell you lovely. I said hello. Oh, I will. That is the uh, great Jim Romanak right there. Romy, for short, if you will. On our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, this is a Thursday, week 16 at Britain Tavern. Remember, they got a lot going on tonight, a lot going on this weekend. Jambox is going to be up here. We saw Jambox Cam, I believe, played on the stage before a Colts game earlier this year. Jambox is exceptional with music that you know and you love coming up here this weekend as well. All right, quick break. Final time with you on the other side. Tomorrow's a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're going to give away Raiders Colts tickets at Twin Peaks at 82nd and I-69 on a Bud Light Blue Friday. I'd love to see you there coming up tomorrow. And again, we'll have Jamvi Takeover t-shirts to give away for that event as well. That is coming up tomorrow. Twin Peaks, 82nd and I-69 on a Bud Light Blue Friday with Raiders Colts tickets to give away. All right. Good to see you, my man. Coming up, we'll close it out here at Britain Tavern on a Thursday. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna's will tequila shots. 93.5107.5 The Fan. That's uh, Mark Boyle and Eddie Gill right there. I believe that was the uh, Halliburton alley-oop. It was pretty, pretty sweet to Obi Toppin. Pacers win. Pacers second of a back-to-back. Of course, on the road in Memphis coming up later on tonight. You can watch that right here. 7.30, your pregame coverage as Pat Boylan will get you going. I promise you that. And then uh, game time is at 8 o'clock. Hey, by the way, Britton Tavern here. Shout out to Kurt Bedwell. My man Bedwell is uh, originally from... We're the same age. We played on, I'm trying to think here, one, two, three of the same Green County Babe Ruth teams. And can you imagine that motley crew? I, one of the lasting memories I have in 1984, our 14-year-old Babe Ruth all-star team from Green County, we were playing in a – actually, I've got a couple. One is we were playing in, in Princeton – and we had to stay overnight, and luckily up the hill from where we were playing was a great Holiday Inn Holodome, and we absolutely destroyed that place. They said, uh, you hillbillies are never allowed to come back again. Destroyed the place. But this goes back to when I was 13. This is a true story. Uh, you all know Anthony Thompson, right? Anthony Thompson, the former IU great, still involved within, I believe, last check, right, Indiana University. Just one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, to play at IU. Well, he had a brother that was my age named Ernie Thompson. And Ernie Thompson, people would make the argument, was more talented than Anthony. Like, Anthony was just a hard-ass. Anthony, I remember playing at the Hyper, and he'd go shirts and skins. And Anthony would have this muscle in the back of his neck, and I don't even know what the hell that thing was. I mean, it's just a big muscle. But Ernie Thompson was, was what many people would suggest, a, just a better natural athlete. We, we were over there playing, and Bedwell, who's across from me from Linton, uh, Linton High School is where he attended, but uh, from Linton at the time when we were 13 over there in 1983. <laughs> Ernie Thompson, I was actually playing in right field. I normally am a catcher, but they needed me in there for my bat, and they let the coach's son at this time for Green County play catcher. 
and uh, Ernie Thompson laid down a bunt and got to third. I blank you not on that. I don't even know if our catcher, I'm not going to mention his name. I don't know if our catcher just was a bad catcher or if Ernie Thompson was an absolute blur. I think it's probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. An absolute blur. <laughs> but when you talk about an athlete when he was 13, he ended up going to Terre Haute North, right? Ernie Thompson, he was something back then. Spent a little bit of time in the NFL, most notably for the Rams as well. Good to see Kurt Bedwell here, the pride of Linton, Indiana. Hey, great. Thank you very much, Travis and the gang here at Britain Tavern. Busy weekend for you. Great to see J-Law's getting ready to go on vacation. Jimmy's over there, too. Jimmy's dad's in the house. My man Music Mac is here. Hey, tomorrow, by the way, we're going to be Bud Light Blue Friday with Colts tickets to give away. We're going to be at Twin Peaks. I hope to see you there. Thank you very much, Romy. Thank you very much, Cam. Nathaniel, back at the station. You as well. Jake Query, Memories of Bob Knight, our extra special episode. You'll love it. That's coming up next. Enjoy. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.